0: welcome to and almost starring the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting including who almost starred I'm Jeff runnan I'm
1: Amy Jo Jackson
0: and we are golden gods who are looking at almost famous
1: for better or for worse out there in AM Joe, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Jeff. Loving the weather right now. It's finally fall and I'm not sweating all the time. Hey, mm-hmm. how are you?
0: I, I am good as well. Uh, listener, do not forget, as always, like, subscribe, write a review, tell a friend. Post about us. Post about us on Instagram or on your stories yes, or whatnot if, if you're giving us a listen.
1: really appreciate it. Thanks. It uh, really
0: does a lot. And be sure to check us out on Patreon. If you're it's enjoying what we do but you want more, there's a lot more content waiting for you there at patreon.com slash and almost starring, uh, including for this month. A bonus episode on The Office. That's right. Our first episode tackling a TV show, not a movie. And write in if you want to see us cover more TV shows. But right now we have episodes on The Office, Adam's Family Values, Thor Ragnarok, and full-length commentary tracks on The Fly, Jaws, and Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring.
1: And we're talking... Pretty, a pretty big blue streak on those, meaning like uh, you don't need to be watching it along if you're like, I don't do that. We keep the chitter chatter going. You can listen to them just as episodes. You can listen to them as commentaries. You can do whatever you
0: ding, dang want. (laughs) Uh, But right now, today, we're talking about Almost Famous, and we are specifically covering this film right now because there's a big Broadway musical adaptation, and if we've got our dates right, and if they've got their previews right, they should be opening in about two days Or one day after this episode drops,
1: near days after this episode drops, is this
0: Broadway musical about to open. Uh, So Almost Famous, the movie, came out on September 22nd, 2000 and was written and directed by Cameron Crowe. Amy Jo, what is your experience with
1: Almost Famous? Had you seen it before? This is one of those movies that I saw like once in high school. Like I remember renting it after it had come out. And then- I was like, yeah, it's fine. And then it was one of those that like someone had a DVD of freshman year and we just like put it in rotation. And then I just, the more I watched it, fell in love with it. Mm. So I then had a DVD. I used to watch this all the time. I haven't seen it probably in 15 years, but yeah, I'd seen it. a lot <laughs> yeah, back we, in the day. We
0: fully watched your DVD of this. You've yeah. got the the untitled version, which includes both the theatrical cut, which is what we watched Watch, and yeah. are covering today on the pod, uh, and the, as it's titled, Untitled, which was originally going to be the title of the film, but that right. version is like a half hour more footage. So have you watched the I full- I think so,
1: but maybe yeah. one time. So I I remember more, there were certain things like- And I was like, isn't there a shot where this happens? And then I was like, Mm. I'm not sure actually if that's in the untitled version or if I remember Cameron Crowe talking about on the director's commentary, you know? So there's things I'm like, I don't know what I've been like incepted into my memory versus (laughs) what I've actually seen.
0: Yeah, Uh, and I had seen this only once before, just the regular theatrical cut. I couldn't tell you when. I would assume sometime in the college ish years oh, and I thought it was perfectly fine and had no reason to revisit it but I'm glad that I did because it hit a lot more for me this time I enjoyed it a lot more the second time around
1: it's also like watching it now you know I've been doing a lot of reading about story structure and it's like this screenplay is tight it's like layered with so much stuff that's like not hitting you over the head with like the symbolism really but it's there you know and um it's it's a really It's a really fun ride. Lots of great characters. Feels like I feel like it puts you really in the place, which as a semi-autobiographical type vehicle is like one of the benefits of having someone like that in charge of it as they can like really, if they're good at creating atmosphere, they know what it felt like. And I feel like this movie helps you to feel like what it might have been like to be there at this time. The
0: feel is right. As someone who was not around in the 70s in the music scene, in any music scene, in any year, uh, it feels very true. It it has a very... uh,
1: Authentic. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, So spoilers ahead. If you haven't seen Almost Famous, you haven't seen it in a while, here's a brief-ish synopsis. We are in San Diego in the early 70s. We meet William Miller, who, (laughs) because his mother, Elaine, the great Frances McDormand, uh, has lied about his age enrolled him in... What was it? First grade when he was only five Five. and he skipped a grade. So he is actually... He was, when he thinks he's 13, he's actually 11. So now- So the movie
1: actually probably starts in like 69. Yeah.
0: So it starts in 69. Yeah. Uh, where we get this, this intro where his mom is so strict against rock and roll, against drugs, against everything that it has, his older sister, little baby, baby, De Deschanel is like, I am getting as far away from this house You won't as even let possible. me listen to
1: Simon and Garfunkel.
0: Look at their eyes. Pot. They're
1: on pot. And then she does the thing where I just always remember the like sound of her her like fingernail hitting the the front of the record as she just goes like to Paul Simon's eyes and goes like P-p-p-p-p. and then to Art Garfunkel P-p-p-p-p. and it just like I like that like lives rent free in my mind yeah
0: I love this this also rang so true so additional is like I'm leaving but I'm gonna play you a, this song
1: this song explains why I'm leaving home to be a yeah. stewardess but
0: is so true for this family of like, there's yeah. no, you can't talk to this mother. that She doesn't, she will not hear you. She, well, and you, you can break no ground. So and in that, like, there's no argument you can make. So the only argument you can make is I'm going to play this something music. Something meaningful to me. Yeah.
1: And something that like, you won't let me have, but that like, it's important to me that I share how it's significant and like that this to me is explaining why I have to go. And I also love that we meet Elaine and uh, William coming out of the theater, having just seen To Kill a Mockingbird, having like not a discussion about like, did you like the movie? But like, what did you like about Atticus Finch and why is he like a yeah, good his man? His
0: moral judgment. Exactly. Yeah, like it's, yeah. in
1: we were right into a moral conversation <laughs> and like <laughs> an analytical conversation.
0: Oh man. Cause like you, I was thinking like you could cut some of this whole opening mm-hmm. down. You could, you could lose the sister, but like, I'm glad we have. Cause then she's the one that shares all of her. She leaves all of her albums, yeah. her records. It's to, a, it's like an origin
1: story. Also, yes. as it is about to, I'm sure you're about to get to uh, in the synopsis. Cause you know, that's how this plots unfold as they move forward. Um, he, not is, always. We did cover memento. Now, Sometimes they uh, move backwards and point. sideways. Yeah. Um, but it, he learns from her how better to like deal with his deal mom, with his mom yeah. like um, not m- well manipulate her, but in a you know like just like how to work her better. And she has learned from the sister leaving like to be more permissive with him because she yeah. doesn't want to lose both. Her if children. you hold
0: on too tight, you're going to completely lose. Exactly. Both your kids. So like yeah. the
1: sister is actually very important for like it's how. True how this mother allows this son to go on this journey that doesn't happen without no the no, older no. Sister. you're
0: you're so right my main point i was saying is that i just don't want to lose the exchange when they finally like we have to tell him that he's actually 11 yeah. not 13 and it's like mom come on like he's he they, everyone else at school makes fun of him because he's so much younger looking they all call him narc and she's like what does that mean like a narcotics officer oh what's wrong with that it's like <laughs> so to her, it's like that's a- that's, that's, that's like a compliment. Like, what are you saying? <laughs>
1: like, you see him be like, oh, okay. All right. Uh,
0: so William, he's listening to all these records, gaining this appreciation for this music. Now in 1973, he's 15. He aspires to be a rock journalist, writing these freelance articles that he's sending in to real life rock journalist Lester Bangs, played by the great Phil oh. Seymour Hoffman who, uh, impressed with the writing, gives him a $35 assignment to review a Black Sabbath concert. And while there, he cannot get backstage. He he looks, Patrick as William, just looks,
1: it's the perfect age. He's actually He's so only cute. two years younger than Zoë Deschanel in real life. Wow. But he looks like a baby. Like a but they also have her styled in such a way that with the hair and the makeup, she looks yeah. a little older. Very true. Very true. Yeah,
0: it's wild. To be like this is how Zoë Deschanel was well, in two thousand. Well, because the thing is,
1: he's my my a year older. I guess he was born in eighty two, and Zoë Deschanel was born in nineteen eighty. But um, like one of my friends from college who lived in California was like went in for William, and so it's like they were clearly only looking at people who were like gonna be seventeen. They're not casting a fifteen year old for this. It seems like you know, which right, makes right, sense. Right, right, yes. Oh, absolutely.
0: On the Broadway stage, you, just get, you can get a 30-year-old guy who's short, and you're like, whoa, look at that child. Look at that. <laughs> uh, But he manages to bluff his way in backstage by ingratiating himself with the opening band, Stillwater, when they arrive, and managing to like, hit them with these, uh, like, flattering remarks, like, dead on, where it's, like, when you, and this, with this song, it's, like, but really like, taking you to this new level. But, it's flattering,
1: but he means it. it.
0: He means it. He knows it, he knows and he's speaking he from knows a- He knows the crap, and he absolutely means it. And it's
1: such a good setup of, like, you know, the journey that we're going to go on with this film, which is this, like, making music for people who love music. Like, Lester mm. Banks, even though he was, like... I, I looked up some stuff on him because I didn't really know that much about real life Lester Banks, but like he was fired from Rolling Stone in 73 for being too disrespectful to musicians because he would just like rant I and, know. you know, like there was some great quote from some like Black Sabbath review where he's like, it's like the sloppiest of cream, you know, kind of <sighs> this sort of thing. But it's just because this is someone who loves music so much. He yeah. expects greatness from it. And but like this I, idea I, I of like
0: telling William, you know, be unmerciful. yeah Like if you want to, you're not. These guys' friends. The music the rock band they're gonna fly you places, they're gonna give you a booze, they're gonna get you women, like they're gonna give try to give you drugs, like they're not your friends. But that
1: for all of these people in this movie, like it it starts from a place of like and ends, you know, with a place of like absolute love for the music.
0: Yeah, that's underlying Everything. everything absolutely and underlying the movie as a whole like yeah. the movie just loves music i mean the music will, so the movie loves this so period of time. the
1: the soundtrack the way all of the like the sync choices for the songs are just, yeah. like that it would be simon and garfunkel's america to play in that one which is a, <laughs> I think, like one of the best songs of all time it's so
0: good uh, we also hear meet Penny Lane, the veteran groupie. And no, she's not a groupie. She's a band aide because they care more about the music than the rock stars themselves. And uh, William manages to get a shot with a rolling stone uh, when the editor Ben Fong Torres, also real life person that's being Mm -hmm. played in the movie by an actor. He gets hired to write an article about Stillwater. Based on his skills.
1: Well, he gets hired to write an article, and and yeah, then he pitches William pitches Stillwater. Stillwater. Yeah,
0: and which he is like, okay, oh, I I dig it. That sounds good. And it's like, what you majored in journalism, right? Are you in
1: journal? Uh, you a journalism major, right?
0: Uh, yeah, yes, it's me." William just assumes that he is an adult instead of a fifteen-year-old baby, uh, and he gets sent on the road with with the band with Stillwater. He's interviewing all the band members except for Russell the lead guitarist who repeatedly puts him off old billy crude up uh we're getting gets
1: interrupted he's always interrupted by the manager the manager always comes in and came all right Right. t-shirts yes
0: he's coming with these t-shirts where you know russell is the only one dead front and center in focus everyone else in the back it's like
1: abbey road as though like john lennon just like stepped out of line and went forward (laughs) and was like hey (laughs) But at least
0: there, it's like Lennon and McCartney were both no, the lead singers. Exactly. This is outrageous yeah, that this, is, this is, ridiculous. is like the lead singer of your band is out of focus and clearly behind your guitarist because
1: he's the one that's he's got that mystique. He's yeah. just like the well, the he's the like a, sort of like a Jimmy Page stand in. Yeah. Yeah. Yes,
0: absolutely. Um, and we're we're just seeing William. I mean, it's a coming of age movie. So we're seeing yes. William as he falls in love with Penny Lane, who is in this secret relationship with William uh, uh, Russell who does have a girlfriend back home so it's all very awkward and hush hush the
1: road girlfriend the road
0: girlfriend and and within this we get i mean the great scene of them all just uh Sing tiny Tandy t- t- dancer on this bus. We oh, have yeah, it's, it's like, like a, it's a, it's like a of, makeup moment. Yes, it's know? like a series of vignettes. We get Russell and William going to this townie's well, party because the
1: band after the T-shirt incident, like, yes, kind of have a, have a blow, blow up. up, and then you know, Russell's like, "I'm only interested in real things, real people." And then like some guy pulls up in a car, "Hey, you you're wanna, Russell from Stillwater. <laughs> we're to
0: go to a party. We're just some normal. We're just some we're just real Topeka people. To Pika Pika. We're just real real Topeka
1: people. people. <laughs> like, yeah." Yeah, and there's that great shot where he's like nodding and then William is shaking his head.
0: Yeah, we go. This is our famous I'm a Golden God scene where he jumps in the pool and it just takes all the drugs. Uh, And now when they are back, they're now we're like kind of reunited on the bus and we all are just singing tiny dancer together. Apparently Cameron Crowe said that Patrick Fugit was the worst singer. So they had to turn down his audio in post-production. So as not to distract from oh, the moment, no. <laughs> the record hires Dennis soul, Jimmy Fallon, a professional manager to help handle the problem.
1: So thrilled to speak <sighs> his name. He's fine.
0: He is fine. He I is think he's fine. well utilized Absolutely. in this movie.
1: Very little, which helps, it's you know, true. just for a different very flavor very energetically true. to come through. And then he's out.
0: Yeah. And because they're about to go to New York, where Russell's girlfriend will join them, Penny and her three protege band-aids are gambled away in a poker game to another band. Let's also,
1: I, I know you'll probably mention them in the roundup, but the protege band-aids also include Oscar winner Anna Paquin. We got
0: it. We'll talk about her in the roundup because I'm like, uh, what is she yeah. doing in this
1: Absolute song? delight. Like, Faruja Balk as Sapphire. Anna and then Packman and uh, um,
0: Bijou Phillips. Oh, Bijou Phillips. Bijou Phillips. Yeah. Bijou Phillips. As,
1: yeah. As Morel, um, uh, uh, as a uh, star, someone I don't know. The Estella Star. Estella, we, Estella. I, I got, Star. I've got her. I've got We'll talk about
0: them in the roundup more um, because of it's interesting. The actor. I mean, we just got to talk about Anna Paquin because I don't understand how they roped her into making this and how they how they roped I Oscar winner Anna Paquin into I think She 10th has build. a
1: little more to do in the extended she one, has but to. I will be honest. Don't really remember. I remember yeah. her part being bigger than it was.
0: Penny winds up showing up uninvited to New York uh with
1: her hair up, like which we always see it down in this glorious cascade of like, you know, these wonderful hippie curls. Yeah, and, and then she's like got it up in a French twist, and it's just like, oh, yeah. oh, honey, no.
0: So she leaves, uh, William chases after her and winds up saving her from, as she tries to overdose on Quaaludes. The uh, most
1: 70s way to go. The
0: most 70 ways one could possibly go. Uh, the next day, because Dennis now, ha- they've been riding a bus this whole tour, and Dennis is like, no, we got to get a plane because you can tour more. You can do you more can, dates on a plane. You do more dates on a plane. Um, but they hit
1: an electrical, sto- storm. electrical
0: storm, and this plane is going down. And like everything... Comes to a head because everyone thinks they're going to die. So everyone's admitting that uh, that Russell's girlfriend slept with Jeff when they were on their outs. It the, was
1: the w- summer where we decided to have no restraints. <laughs> yeah.
0: Russell, they, she learns that Russell about Russell and Penny Williams declares that he loves Penny. After and she also that assaulted. you all just threw her right. us you all, away. Yeah, you all threw her away the drummer admits that he's gay and then the, and the storm goes dies down and, and this, then this pilot's like
1: we're gonna be okay just like you never want to see a pilot <laughs> freaking out but when he like opens the door oh thank god merciful god we made it we're alive
0: <laughs> uh and now so much longer after he was supposed to go home william finally finally misses
1: graduation yeah
0: fully misses graduation he gets to the rolling stone office but has difficulty finishing the article and throughout this he's occasionally calling in to lester to get his advice um and he says you know you got caught up in being part of the band and with these perceived friendships and if you really you know want to if you really want to be their friend be their friend like tell the truth be honest and unmerciful and so rolling stone they love the article but when they call Stillwater to verify, the fact checker calls them to and verify She is
1: never pleased about anything. Oh, she's
0: so she's like, What's this stupid puff piece this kid wrote? He's just a fan. And then he comes back like, Let me finish it. And then it's like really unmerciful and like really truthful. And she's like, This is great. But the band says it was a line. See, he's just a fan. Like
1: I really got from this woman that she's like, I have to work with these idiot men all yeah. day, and yeah. I have no time or <laughs> patience for anyone. <laughs> uh but
0: he william is understandably devastated that he gets yeah. like kicked out and it's like well that's the end of that because
1: also it had then been moved up to a cover story yeah right so like right, they're right, gonna right. be photographed by annie leibovitz like it's like a whole thing but then they deny it because they're like we we, we sound, sound like, like idiots
0: assholes. yeah yeah billy cripps like i'm a golden
1: god i never said that did i say that <laughs> <laughs> and then jeff the lead singer quoting back exactly yes, what he said in yes. that first scene. Oh
0: man. so good. Uh but William is so dejected. He's at the airport where I didn't know if he did he purposely put himself there because he knew Anita would see him or no. was he he's just there and she just, just happened there. to yeah. to run into him. Um, which is lovely that she gets brought back into the film yeah. in this way. And she says, like, you know, where where do you want to go? go? Anywhere in Because she's a flight attendant. She <laughs> right. can take him And he's like, let's go home to mom. She's like, not what I would have picked. But okay, if you insist. This is like, it's so truthful. With Frances McDormand coming in, just like hugs. Like, she hasn't seen her in so long. And just like clutches her to her and just goes, I forgive you. <laughs> and then Dina's <laughs> like, I didn't even apologize. And they're both just laughing. And it's like, it's, yes.
1: It's so good. Water under
0: the bridge. We yeah. can like, it's just realizing like i'd rather have you here than yeah. and, and understand that we might not but see like, eye to eye at you all. are
1: always going to infuriate me yeah but like i am old enough now and i've had a modicum of independence and i can accept that because i guess if he was 11 and then 15 so she's been gone for four years yeah. you know and hasn't hasn't seen her mom in all that time so you learn a lot about what you can stand and
0: what you can't. <laughs> totally. Uh meanwhile, Russell tries to get in touch with Penny, calls Penny, wants to see her. I've I'm once, always... once
1: he discovers that like she tried to kill herself yes. and that like Sapphire balk has this great moment. She's like, everybody knows what you did to that, what you did to him.
0: Yeah, like, to, to William, that you're the one that got the story. Everybody
1: c- Penny Lane knows. Yeah. And yeah, he's yeah. like, oh, maybe I don't want Penny Lane right.
0: to think of me like that. So he says, you know, give me your address. I want to see you. And because Penny lives in the same town as William, she's like, yeah, you know my town. Here's my address, and he rolls up to William's house just to see. Because the great scene earlier, where he gets chewed out by Frances McDormand on the phone, oh yeah, because she's on the phone with with Pat with William and Billy Crudup's like, oh, here, I'll take the phone, hey, like, I'll charm this mom. Like, we well, also just good like care of him. It's
1: funny to just talk to a right, mom, right? Right?
0: And she's like, if you touch one hair on my son's head, it's like now. And he, she's like, he's like, yes, yes, ma'am.
1: Well, and also that like she reveals that he's fifteen, which. Yeah, she doesn't realize is a reveal, you True. know, yeah. but like just him and just the sobering effect she has on all around.
0: <laughs> Including. Yeah, it's like it's not too late for you.
1: <laughs> I mean, you also get I mean, we see one scene of her as a teacher, but like you get the professor Rock vibe stars
0: have kidnapped my son.
1: <laughs> You've the professor vibe from her at all times like that. Again, in her introduction, she's teaching. She's treating raising her kids like you know, a lecture, you know, everything is to prove a point. So Russ,
0: and to that end, Russell realizes that Penny was proving a point to him once he finally Mm -hmm.
1: realizes whose
0: home he's in.
1: Well, it's not just that. I was thinking about it before we recorded and it's, you know, Penny has that line about two thirds of the way through the movie to William where she says, you know, he's my last great project because the guys are good, but Russell could be great. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you know what? If you were to get the cover of Rolling Stone, that would do a lot for you all, put you to another echelon, and and you have to kind of, like, step up and take responsibility for who you want to become. And you also need to learn how to, like, not shy away from being, like, a fully dimensional human and not just looking cool to people. So, like, yeah. you need to get this story published and you need to make it right with him. You need to You need to grow up and... Like, this is how, if you want to be great, this is a way. Like, if you want to be in the upper echelons of, like, rock gods, this is a stepping stone. So, like, it is also just, like, you know what? I'm going to, like, connect them because they need to, Yeah, this needs to happen. But also it's, like because I'm finishing my project because I want you to know that I was always a Band-Aid and never just a groupie. Never just a groupie, yeah. And all throughout, she's
0: talked about wanting to go to Morocco and about how her and William will go to Morocco one day. And that's how mm-hmm. her story ends. It's, it's a very Moscow, uh, the herself- very
1: three sisters going to Moscow, right, kind right, of. Right, right,
0: And she finally goes to Morocco. But yeah, at William's home, uh russell just goes to his bedroom he's just still passed out on this bed i think he's might have been asleep for the past five days yeah uh and it's the idea of just waking up and like there's a rock star in my bedroom and is finally gonna get his chance to interview russell who said like i called the magazine and told them that it's all good but now i'll actually do the interview which is that great like what like first off like what do you love about music like to start everything
1: yeah he takes the chair he stands up turns the chair around <laughs> so he can like straddle it and be like yeah <laughs> let me like get down and give you some real talk yeah but yeah. it's it's so beautiful and so
0: the cover story does go out for rolling stone which is either still water runs deep or still yeah. waters run deep still water which, runs which is deep. a great headline yeah. and the band is now touring again once again by bus and no longer by plane the no more planes tour <laughs> oh it's so good so Initial thoughts, Amy Jo, on Almost Famous. Anything in particular? Because it's been a while since you've seen it. Anything that jumped out at you? Or any, or any roles that are like really at the forefront that really stood out to you this time around?
1: I mean, this was really how I came to know Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm. But I hadn't you know, revisited it in yeah. quite some time. And so to see it, man, I didn't realize until I was looking at yesterday that he died at 46. He's like 29-ish when he's filming this. I mean, it's always felt like, such a loss, but like, forty six, man. Oh. Um, but yeah, to to like watch him in this, so like I remember because I remember the vocal fry, it being like a you know I remember him like on yeah, the of phone course with I'm him, home.
0: I'm yeah, uncool, of course I'm you We're know, but both
1: uncool. I remember it being a more like laid back kind of like laconic performance, but yeah. this is he's so he is such an, a live wire. He's he's like this little bear prowling his, yeah. his, his music. Yeah, that first cave. scene of him. Well, he... but also then even like what he's always like moving. He's got so much stuff like it's so lived in. So, yeah, I mean, like Philip Seymour Hoffman is always going to stand out in any movie, I think, but particularly coming back to it and just being like, man, he's so good in this. <laughs>
0: yeah absolutely uh so i got some initial facts that i thought was good to sprinkle in through here to look like a real rock band the four actors in still
1: water rehearsed for four hours a night five nights a week for six weeks that's good because you have you have to there's like unspoken language that like you just yeah even thinking about like doing any kind of show you there's like backstage traffic and pattern and things that just like happen naturally by repeating a thing and doing a thing that you can't like decide to do. So like that sort of thing when, when, um, Neil Patrick Harris was playing Hedwig, they would go play secret shows as a band, all of them so that they could like learn how to operate as a band before it opened.
0: That's really fun. And the songs for Stillwater were written by Cameron Crowe and his, at the time, wife, Nancy Wilson of Heart and her sister and fellow Heart bandmate, Ann Wilson.
1: Fellow Heart bandmate. Incredible vocalist, <laughs> Anne Wilson. Vocalist.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so as for the film feeling autobiographical, that's because a lot of it, at least the, the, in large swaths, is. Cameron Crowe did skip two grades in elementary school, which made him much younger than the other students in his class. He did begin to write rock music articles, first for his school paper and then for the fanzine The San Diego Door and the magazines Cream and Circus. He met the editor of Rolling Stone on a trip to Los Angeles and at age 16 had his first cover article, which he wrote while following the Allman Brothers tour of Mm. 1973. So the Allman Brothers is kind of the stand-in for Stillwater here with such little details as Greg Allman distrusting him and kept asking if he was a narc. (laughs) Um, And then he he kind of pulled from a a few uh, various things. So Crow was in a near fatal plane crash while traveling with the who. So he that's why that got added into the screenplay. And I mean, also because there's like so many, you know, the big bopper like Buddy Holly of so many rock stars who've died in plane crashes that it does immediately just like uh uh-oh this would be a dark turn for this film to take
1: i mean it also like you have the sister running off to be a flight attendant you have like let's go to morocco you have so many references to flight which of course is like a lovely metaphor you know especially when you're thinking about like leaving home and coming back and you know all of that so like the fact that the climactic thing takes place on a plane after we've like been Building all of this thematically, I thought was a nice touch. In addition to yeah. being like, hey, you don't get much higher stakes than uh, <laughs> it's than a possible that. Possible plane crash. Very true. The casting
0: director of Almost Famous was Gail Levin. Levin started their career casting the movie adaptation of Harvey Firestein's play Torch Song Trilogy and has also cast Lethal Weapon 2, What's Eating Gilbert Grape, Jerry Maguire, and Mean Girls. Let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast. Some of these people may have auditioned. Some may have just been discussed by casting. This is all subjective. And as always, I've looked up all the actors in advance, and Amy Jo's hearing it along with you, listener, for the very first time.
1: I'm just as young and fresh as
0: Patrick <laughs> Fugit. <laughs> so let's start with that Patrick Fugit, Oh, William, our narrator and our protagonist, Amy Jo, your thoughts on Patrick Fugit, who would have been 16 to 17 when filming, throughout the filming, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else?
1: I think he's really excellent. There are times toward the end when he's like more like emphatic that I like hear the actor acting a bit. But like other than that, which is like a relatively minor complaint, especially for someone of this age. It's kind of very difficult to avoid uh, for a lot of actors. He has just like such a sweet face. It's like so well cast for also like how are these rock stars and people going to perceive this person? Yeah. And he's just... Such a lovely contrast to all of them. Oh, he's like fresh off the farm with yeah, this face. yes. Like, and also energetically and just like you get also why people think like, oh, this little lamb will yeah. take care of him, but also like he's expendable and also <laughs> like we don't we can trust him. He, uh, he's got
0: such a face you can trust. Yes. Like there's not a duplicitous bone in his body. Like he no. can't try. He's just like. Which what?
1: even now, like seeing Gone Girl and being like, yeah, this guy's a cop. Like, you know.
0: Well, I, can, I buy him in Gone Girl as like a prick cop.
1: Yeah, but still like with this like. Tiffany kind thinks of
0: he's guilty. Oh, if
1: Tiffany thinks so. <laughs> overgrown, like boyish face, though. It's like he still <laughs> right. has this True. look of like, You're. he's never going to be like a hardened. Uh, Chris Maloney type you know
0: that'd be funny if he was sure he, he, he's would. in um, <laughs> he's in the video game The Last of Us 2 but some some of their character models are very similar to the actor like there's not a lot of like name actors in the game but it, mainly him and Jeffrey Wright and Jeffrey Wright looks exactly like Jeffrey Wright mm-hmm. but Patrick Fugit's character is a big muscly hunk oh. guy and nothing against Patrick Fugit. maybe Patrick Fugit is high in some muscles under those, under that shirt nowadays but like this guy is so so hilariously looks nothing like Patrick Fugit, like in term, in the face as well. It's not a
1: boyish face. In the like H. John Benjamin as Archer kind of situation. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. That's funny. So anyway, I think he's great. I think I will say at the outset, this entire process was hard for me. Cause I think everyone's really beautifully cast. Agreed. Um, Kieran Colkin would have been the right age, but this feels more like a Macaulay kind of situation in so far as like Kieran just has yeah. like an edge and a sharpness to him. I rewatched right. the trailer for Igby Goes Down because I haven't seen it since it came out. I was like, Same. I was like, this is, this is not this kid. No, you know what I mean. No, no, no. But um, he's
0: the one that I'm like, really, never done drugs, never exactly. done exactly,
1: never done. No, pot. this is this Kieran. is a kid who is like. Uh, Hey, come to my house because I have drugs. (laughs) Right, right. I mean,
0: whereas his Scott Pilgrim co-star Michael Sarah is more. I thought
1: Michael Sarah, but I'm just he. He's so uh, what Michael Sarah does is so wonderfully Michael Sarah that I feel like it actually is not of service to the star. Sure. I thought he actually looked like Baby John Krasinski. I was like, I would buy that John Krasinski looked like kind of like this as a teenager.
0: But the height, the height, really helps. I don't know how tall he is. I imagine John Krasinski, just based off The Office, is taller than Patrick Fugit. Oh, sure. Yeah. So I just mean that even at like 16, I have a feeling John Krasinski might be neck and neck with
1: some of these guys. Billy Crudup. I felt so weird seeing him on stage for the first time because I had seen him in this movie so much. And I was like, Billy Crudup was so short. But on in here, the way they have him costumed, the way they have him shot, he looks like some lanky guy. Like in that shot where he's um, at the very end come come to William's home and he's like looking in the little glass at the top of the door. I was like... This is either a really short door <laughs> or someone's on an apple box.
0: Billy Crudup up as Gandalf the Grey is visiting the home in the Shire. Oh he's having G- to duck
1: down yes. to get through that door. As far as like other people who were acting at this yeah. age that I could see it, I was like, this may be Elijah Wood, although he's maybe like yeah. too sweet and sensitive, or Paul Dano. Oh,
0: okay. Which feels yeah. like he's kind of
1: the middle ground for me in between elijah wood and kieran culkin
0: i dig that yeah
1: it's hard i was like
0: if this was made like five years earlier perfect little toby Maguire role
1: oh yeah although toby to me almost is like well no you're right a young young toby wasn't Ice quite Storms, so like cool yeah, Maguire.
0: yeah yeah not no when was he ever cool? When well, was Tobey Maguire cool?
1: Well, isn't he part of the infamous? That doesn't make him cool. <laughs>
0: Being a part of Leo's posse with Leo and David Blaine. You think in a room with Leonardo DiCaprio and David Blaine and whoever that Tobey Maguire is not the least cool guy in that room. Just because he's in that room with the posse,
1: the posse, he's still not the cool No, he's guy. also
0: very short no unsurprised this is made a little later i could this is a nice role for anton yelchin i would have really Mm -hmm. liked this is made more like five six years ago maybe even longer just because he just looks so young even though he's in his 20s tom holland would be really Mm -hmm. really good in this the only other actor i could think of who's the right age because this is like more than other roles when you're like a 15 16 year old like that's a narrower yeah, window before you're like oh now he's he's too old or he's too tall joseph gordon levitt is the right age and he's the only person that i could think temperamentally that i'm like
1: i especially at that, that age like now he's a bit slicker more well yes now you know but like yeah yeah thinking of like 10 things i hate about you i mean obviously um, yeah you know third rock
0: Of course, of course. Um, But I think Patrick Fugit's great. He thought he'd missed his shot at the film after his audition tape somehow got lost pre-delivery, which he found out about after the fact. But he's like, oh, you just never received my audition for this film. But he nonetheless finally got to do a screen test, which impressed Cameron Crowe enough that he got
1: the lead. This guy that I went to college with, uh, and for those listeners who are my college friends, this is Matt, insisted he was like down to the finals. (laughs) We were all like...
0: Wow, uh, an almost starring exclusive. We
1: were like, oh, I mean, (laughs) this isn't provable by any means. Okay, you know,
0: not to call anyone a liar, but A, he's probably lying. B, (laughs) I worked two summers at a Six Flags Great Adventure, and Six Flags has, amongst the Looney Tunes, they have the Justice League and all the villains. So the people dressed as like Batman and the Flash walking around you can get photos with. And so this one girl who I worked tangentially with was trying to tell me and didn't seem that she was trying to like, this will be a funny thing to try to make someone believe. It seemed like she actually believed that the guy who was playing Batman at Six Flags that you just walking around. Clearly wearing a muscle suit that he was auditioning to take over for Christian Bale because this is between the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises. So she's trying to tell me in between the second and third Chris Nolan Batman movies that not only is Christian Bale out, but this <laughs> Howard guy, from the Six Flags New Jersey, is in. And I was just like, I, I almost lost my fucking mind. I was like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, how to explain to you how wrong you are. Because you seem so certain of yourself that, like, no, like, he could be Batman. I was <laughs> like, this guy. He
1: could be barely Batman be Batman. Like here this. You're
0: next to this tilta whirl. Like, this uh-huh. guy is not making the cut.
1: The thing is, I'm positive that this guy, like, read for it. You know, screen test. But like,
0: I don't think this guy, I don't think Howard read for, no, that
1: seems doubtful. But like, you know, he was probably born in like this. He's the same age, you know, as Patrick Fugit. So like, I'm sure that he was like, I'm sure he read. Absolutely. And you know, he sent it a tape. But he's, it's also funny because he's just someone who's just much more like, hey, you know, like energetically, like he's, he's less this.
0: Hey, he's got that hey, you know, energy. Hey, let me
1: tell you a thing or two. I know some you stuff, you know. Uh,
0: so, one other actor who I did see who tested, I don't have anyone named Matt, so I assume it's not the person you went to college with, no. but ding, ding, ding to you because Elijah Wood did indeed test course, for William. Of course, they'd be
1: fools not to have. And I get it. Although I'm like,
0: this is 2000. It's like we know how long it took to film all Lord of the Rings. I'm like, when did that? Oh. Maybe he did the main filming for Lord of the Rings already? And just because of thinking of how long that film would have taken, or the trilogy would have taken with all the VFX shots as well, I wonder if maybe he did the majority of filming for Lord of the Rings, and then this would have fallen like before reshoots. Did you Did you say that he did test for it, or he tested for this role? But like they're filming in ninety, they're filming around the time as Lord of the Rings, but. Or maybe this was before. I don't don't know. I really don't know how this fell into place. He did have, because that first Lord of the Rings is 2001, of course, uh, he did have one other thing in 2000, uh, this real comedy of dum dums movie called Chain of Fools with Steve Zahn, Selma Hayek, Jeff Goldblum, David Cross, David Hyde Pierce, Elijah Wood and Michael Rappaport as hitmen, not working together, just two different hitmen, and because I watched this trailer, Tom Wilkinson. But as the trailer says, the trailer goes like Jeff Goldblum, David Cross, David I. Pierce, the guy from Full Monty. They do not say Tom Wilkinson's name. He's the guy from Full Monty. He also was the guy from Shakespeare in Love and Rush Hour at this point. But he's just that That guy guy from from Full Full Monty. Monty. I would be so pissed if a trailer didn't even name me. And just Unless to that's me.
1: their shtick they're doing with everybody.
0: A, that's now that's
1: something. Yeah, that but I
0: don't think you could have done sound, that with everyone. You it would have been kind of funny to just say the guy from Jurassic Park yeah. for Jeff Goldblum, um, but I think the guy from The Fly, N- Nigel Crane. <laughs> um, anyway, let's move on to Russell, Amy Joe, your thoughts on Billy Crudup. Uh, who's 31 at the time of f- filming for this. I was curious how the ages mm-hmm. matched up for everyone. Uh, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else?
1: He's so good. He's so good. Billy Crudup is just a very fine actor. Yeah. Um, I've seen him on stage far more than in movies. This is really the only movie wow. I've seen him in. Well, okay. What have I seen him in? Coast of Utopia, which had, that's three plays. Technically, that's three. Okay. I saw much. him in... The play with the Sirs and Shuler, um, 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 No Man's Land. No Man's Land. So the Sirs, Ian sorry, e- and Sir Patrick Ian McKellen and Sir Patrick Stewart. There's a lot of Sirs. Yes. this. Well, then that's how they were referred to. It's like, I oh, see, the Sirs. I see. Um, Sir so Patrick. Harry Clark. And Harry Clark, which we saw. Well, Great I saw twice. You saw three times. And I think I may have seen him in something else. So it's like five or six wow. times I've seen him on stage. Fair man. enough. Yeah. I can't think of other movies I've seen him in. Fair enough. Maybe you've seen him more on stage than in film, which good on Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, he's very good. The hair, it's perfect. Yeah. Like, um, which is less his achievement than hair and makeup, <laughs> but good job all the same. Um, I think he just like does strikes a really great balance of like playing so many things that are hard, I think, to capture as a performer because they're not active so you have to build other things to make them but it's like how do you play this like sort of aloof you can't play mystery you can't play yeah. aloof you can't play. but like he That's manages he to do those it's
0: he's like really threading the needle because yes, yeah. i could so see it's like how do you play this are you playing this that you are like brushing off the kid are you taking the kid under the wing the just the relationship between him and penny
1: and him and william
0: is like fascinatingly mercurial
1: yeah. And so you're right. Threading the needle is such a great way to describe it because it does feel, that's also why it feels so true because a kid like this on a tour like that, that's going to be the type of person that people are going to pay attention when they want to and forget about the rest of the time. Because it's like, this isn't like, it's important to me because like, this is Rolling Stone, but also this is a kid and I'm like, I've got other stuff going on, you know? Yeah. And I just think like, yeah, he played like when he chooses to focus his attention on him and when he what he's focusing his attention on. I don't know. It's just really well crafted. And I think tricky. So I only had a couple thoughts for this. One would be for a bit later, which is Oscar Isaac. Um, uh, yeah. Which I think yeah. he would also manage to like hit all of those notes really well and, you know, play guitar. Right. um And then. Oh, this would be probably in between when this came out and and now like maybe like 10 years after this came out or something like a younger Bradley Cooper. Feels yeah, like thinking also of him in
0: Star is Born.
1: Yeah, but but not so grizzled. Not so not, not so, so grizzled. Alcoholic. Yeah, not just so just grizzled. a little a little earlier, still like a you know one
0: year old Billy uh, Cooper. Yeah, exactly. Forty one
1: year a mid level band trying to grapple with the realities of success. You know right. that kind of thing yeah. where you're still on the ascent rather than on the decline.
0: And that's what I love that we what we get for free with Billy Crudup and who as he's like kind of speaking of threading the needle, threaded the needle through his whole career of someone that's like just shy of like being a star and it seems very purposeful he does not seem interested in like he works in big budget films sometimes but he's still like he's just an actor first and foremost and at this point in time to be like this is a guy sleepers was his very first movie Mm. it's like 96 and like it's a big cast to him and brad pitt and jason patrick not and not to mention like de niro dustin hoffman kevin bacon a big ensemble um is
1: this the movie with John Malkovich doing a Russian accent? No, that's Rounders. <laughs> okay. Another one-word title. That Rounders, Sleepers. Yes,
0: that's the poker okay. movie with Matt Damon.
1: Yes, I see how I got this
0: there. This is a movie where, like a bunch of kids accidentally killed a guy, and then they go to like a correctional prison. Great, I did not see this, li- and yeah. I
1: don't yeah. want to. Great.
0: Serious, weird, long, long, depressing drama. Great. <laughs> um, but he had like Without Limits, where he played, um what's his name? Steve Pref- Fontaine, How however you say his last name, The Runners. So he had like a few showy things. He was known, but he's not, like, a big star. And I yeah. think that it works so perfectly, the synergy between actor and character. I so agree. Of how he walks to the film and you're like, yeah, you are someone who has, like, you get recognized some places, not all places, not yeah. all days. You, I think, like, at this point, Billy Crudup, he could go some days not getting recognized for by sure. people. And that, I think, is so perfect for the character at this point in time. I could see, speaking of Coast of Utopia, I could see his Coast Utopia co-star, Ethan Hawke. Oh, in this, mm-hmm. him, 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 what I want, um, I could see a guy Pierce in this role. Oh, interesting. I would like it veers a little away from what I really like about what Billy Crudup does in here, but I can see a, Mac- a Matthew McConaughey version of this. I get I,
1: it. I get it. Absolutely for
0: playing a rock star. I mean, I, to on his be girlfriend clear, and, you know, I hate it, but I
1: understand it. Of
0: course. But I see Matthew McConaughey on a roof going, I'm oh, a golden
1: guy." Trust. I believe I, that I'm guy's jumped into a pool.
0: Yeah. <laughs> or Timothy Oliphant is someone that I would really like here. Mm. Someone like he had like he, he's in a few things. He's in Go. He's in Scream 2. So he's working, but he's not a star. And yeah. I like that we don't have a star in mm-hmm. this role because also having a star could unbalance the absolutely
1: but like what's great is like we get to just buy into the story which is also like if it's someone who's a mega star in that role well of course he's going to be overshadowing the rest of the guys but part of the suspense of the movie is like how are they all going to work it out amongst themselves are they going to like does he deserve to be the front man in this way like these are questions that we're allowed to come to more than if it's like well uh, yeah, well, of course,
0: he's meant to be the a star because he's the star. Exactly. Jason Lee is great, but this is a star. Yeah. Case in point, the role was written for Brad Pitt. Ugh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Like, I get it, but then it's a movie about Brad Pitt. Yes, that, exactly. Or it's the movie about Brad Pitt, and here's the kid. We're seeing Brad Pitt through this kid's eyes, but it's mainly got to be about them, and maybe it's Penny Lane. But then there's a movie that feels like it's about a love triangle. Yes,
1: as opposed to, like... And about this rock star. This is... this. We get... The story gets to be the star in this way. Absolutely. And and we get to see... Thi- because we get to see things through his eyes without that kind of like one blinding diamond in one kind of role. We get to like make our own decisions about these characters. And we get to like also I think Penny Lane gets to be more forward in the mix because we're not just like, well, this is a Brad Pitt movie with like and here's the love interest. Like she gets to be more than just the love interest in that way.
0: She reads as more of an equal to Billy Crudup. Yes. In the film. Yes. Rather than if it's Brad Pitt, then it, I am subconsciously even looking at it as the power imbalance Absolutely. of having Brad Pitt and then her like you're also, you are the groupie
1: but such a good point that's also why when she goes to the party in New York where the girlfriend is there and like she her hair is up and she's kind of like being ignored and then is asked to leave it makes it all the more heartbreaking because it's just like well you should have seen this coming but at the same time she doesn't seem like an absolute fool whereas like if If it's somehow, if it's a movie star, that lets me think, like, oh, you're an idiot. He's never going to be with you. Yeah. Where I I don't feel that in this. I feel like, oh, he could if he were just like a little less cowardly, like break up with elaine or whatever her name yeah. is not elaine that's the mother you know
0: right yeah. but you know what break up with elaine you shouldn't be Wake dating Francis mcdormand in this. what are you be doing dating elaine could you what a twist
1: that's babe. a bad match patrick,
0: patrick Fugit wakes up in bed oh, and there's no. billy crude up and he's like by the way also i'm dating your mom i'm your new <laughs> I'm dad, your new dad. <laughs> i mean honestly i was like am oh, my my new brother-in-law the way just when he's like is she here thinking it's penny lane's place and Francis McDormand's like, she like looks to Zoë Deschanel because yeah? she's the only other girl here and Zoë Deschanel does the perfect little pose. Oh, it's the, like, so, mm? well, like, it's also yes? just
1: like clearly Near? like, no, no, that to me was like, I've been trained as a stewardess and they're all like <laughs> picked for their looks at this point in time, yeah. you know, and they're trained to like stand a particular way. So like that to me is her going into like, uh, uh. I, you know, this is how I know to stand when I am like letting, letting the uh, guests onto the plane,
0: you know, that's, that's a good point because then immediately after she just asked if he'd rather have pretzels or cookies. I forgot about that part. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the role was written for Brad Pitt. Cameron Crowe said that Pitt was on his mind. Since his very first film, Say Anything, he said he had a really good meeting with him around that time and he was just starting out. So he always had it in his mind to like want to work with him someday. So Mm -hmm. he wrote this role for Brad Pitt. He called him with this like come play Russell Hammond. They spent four months working on it. Brad Pitt was going to do this film and dropped out saying, I just don't get it enough to do it. And Cameron said, I wept. I knew that he had never fully fallen in love with the character. He had fallen in love with the idea of the character, but maybe there just wasn't enough on the page.
1: Well, also, there are just people who everyone is going to respond deeply to different things. And if you're playing a musician, you don't have to be an incredible musician to portray that. But you got to understand, like what's underneath that you know and i think if that's just a thing that you can't like tap into that's that's fine but you must for a rock star from the seven from the early 70s that scene on the bus where they all sing tiny dancer is like the perfect example of like these are all people who got into music because they like idolized musicians yeah and because they loved doing it and wanted to be that which is different than someone who got into acting because they idolized actors it's like the same principle but it's not necessarily going to work for everyone to just like boop indeed you know what i mean instead in 2000
0: brad pitt was doing snatch which is a much better great use of him perfect usage of brad pitt one other actor because after brad pitt left it then came down to two actors it was billy crudup and christian bale
1: Wow. Isn't this the same year as American Psycho? This is the
0: exact same year as American Psycho, which wow. Billy up was up for American Psycho. And it's like, we could have had a switchy switch. We could have had Bale in this. Wow. And Billy up as Patrick Bateman.
1: Honestly, those two are such good actors that I do feel like flip-flopping them. We still get a, a pretty good version of both of those movies, but I'm very yeah. glad we got this, that it shook I out array. this way. Because I do think it just is a better fit for both of them.
0: Yeah, 100%. I... I love the way it panned out, but I'm. In, I can see the Bale version of this, for and sure. And Billy Crudup just does have a bit more lighter of touch. It's trying to picture Bale doing the "I am a golden god" scene, and Billy Crudup just has he's such a playfulness that not yeah. that Bale lacks, but Bale is just.
1: He has so just that searing intensity. <laughs> he, he's, yes, he, he, yes. Which then means when he's doing like the kind of smiling thing yeah. in American Psycho, it's so <laughs> weird and upsetting. Right. Um, you know,
0: Stillwater really came into their own on their third album. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to Penny Lane. Amy Joe, your thoughts on Kate Hudson would have been 19 or 20, depending on filming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and who would you cast if you had to cast
1: someone else? So- this was, of course, the first thing I'd seen her in. And I don't really think I've seen her in much since because I don't typically see that many rom-coms. So I will say coming back to it, like the first shots of her watching it this time was a little hard because I'm suddenly just like picturing like how to lose a guy in 10 days and all that, just all those endless like movie posters and stuff, you know, that I'm like, ugh. <laughs> but um, I it was very quick that that was able to dissipate. And I was just able to enjoy the performance, not her first shot, but like the shot where she's like meeting Russell, where like Williams introducing them. And it's like, you know, clear that they've met before, but like him holding onto her hand and her like looking up at him and getting like a little emotional and smiling and looking away. Like it's beautiful. She's doing so much that I think it's just wild that she's kind of had the career that she's had after she did this, you know, because it is like also kind of this could very easily just be like manic pixie dream girl. But I do think yeah. there is more on the page than that. And she also like gives it more depth than that, you know. Yeah, And she also like does have agency at the end, you know, and she does And we get more about her life and backstory than you typically do. I don't feel like she's just there functionally for both of these men. Like, but she yeah. also like explicitly states like, I am a muse my job is to inspire the music, you know? So like, that's also like something that she considers her function as well, which is, it does change it a bit when like the person actively wants and courts that.
0: Yeah, it is easy to see the role as like, well, we are seeing her through, mainly through these two men, Mm
1: -hmm. two different
0: guys' eyes. And that's how she functions for much of the film. But there's enough detail and enough there like around
1: everything and she's else also she does like, feel
0: like a real human being she's a real
1: human being she's like mentoring this kid you know she just like exudes
0: a hippie like free love like just coming right absolutely. out of absolutely she's still there in the 60s in spirit which and it's is like,
1: that's why this was i mean really I, have a, nice. I have a lot of different names but like that's what was so hard for me just being like okay it's like such a particular era it was like a lot easier if we were talking about like sapphire because it's like so much sp- stronger and more strident or just more like this different kind of cool girl my top choice in this is probably also the hair is kate winslet yeah that to me is like i'm getting everything from there yeah, yeah yeah um maybe like and this is all this was hard for me maybe like a younger rachel weiss oh yeah I just, she always hits for me, sure. you know, of course. this is an actor who I was like, this does not work if this is still a seventies movie for me. But if it's like nineties, two thousands music scene,
0: uh-huh. I'm
1: like, well, like Zoe Kravitz, I totally buy being like uh, that oh, era yeah. kind of yeah. like, you know, shepherd. Cause she's also acting as like a shepherd into the space. You know, as someone who's like, who is someone who's going to energetically be like, I'm embodying the spirit of the times and the music. And I'm going to like take you through I I see her more like contemporary in, in that aspect. I'm looking at my choices and they're fine, but I'm going to leave it at that. Cause I just, this is someone who I think it'd be very easy to cast someone to adequately do it, but right. to, I think it's, it's a, tricky. Tr- it is a trickier think, than you think.
0: And I think there's a reason why this is the character that's on the poster. You know, that this didn't she is, get
1: an Oscar nom for this? She certainly did. Yeah.
0: Her and Frances McDormand both got well, nominated. Frances so that McDormand was, is
1: a no brainer. Right.
0: Well, that was so this year for supporting actress was Kate Hudson, Frances McDormand, Judy Dench for Chocolat, Julie Walters for Billy Elliot, and who won Marsha Gay Harden for Pollock. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting year for supporting yeah. actress. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Kate Hudson's really good in this. I've never really cared one way or the other about Kate Hudson. I don't think I've seen her in a lot. Yeah, cause cause I, again, we don't see typically... Against my will, I saw about half of How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Oh, I've it, seen no more but the trailer. Put it on, on one of our last days of school in high school. <laughs> Somehow got outvoted. I forget what else it was. I think it was Napoleon Dynamite on a Tuesday and How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days on a Wednesday.
1: <laughs> okay. Now our niece and nephews sometimes will watch things by a vote because there's four of them. So they'll vote on what they're going to watch. And we got roped into it. We got forced into the first two thirds of Cat in the Hat. And they
0: just voted on it because they knew we didn't want to watch it. No, I even think no, they, no, no, they no. left halfway through. Yeah, they, they voted. They
1: it. voted on it because... I think one of them didn't want to watch it, and so it was kind of another one dug their heels in in that way. It had nothing to do with us other than we were subjected to it. If you had to watch How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days or The Cat in the Hat Again, what would you pick? How to
0: Lose a Guy in 10 Days, of course. (laughs) Even with the McConaughey of it all, it's still like The Cat in the Hat is a nightmare. it's a horror show. That's a Hieronymus Bosch movie (laughs) for kids.
1: But Hieronymus Bosch at least has a sense of humor. At
0: the least. I'm like Mike Myers. Uh, So Penny Lane. If this was made later, give me Tatiana Maslany. Mm. She's got the energy that I want. Just finish mm. that She-Hulk. And she is so delightful. And even show is fine. But even when it, the show is kind of lacking, she never is. She is able to carry so much with sheer charisma. And Force of Will. And based off Orphan Black, I'm like, she can play so many different types of people against herself that she would have been really good in a role. She should have a splashy role like this today. At the time, age-wise, the only other people that came to mind were Rosario Dawson, I think would have been really beautiful Mm, in this. mm -hmm. Uh, Or Ava Green, who's so good in Casino Royale as Vesper. But I, I never saw, like, The Dreamers, I think was one of her first things, the Bernardo Bertolucci movie with michael pitt but like that that energy i just could see i can yeah. see it here there's a legal disclaimer at the end of the film which for oh, most films i'm
1: sure there was
0: merely states that all characters and events are fictional with any real life similarities being coincidence but this one says that the character of penny lane was loosely based on a real individual uh, and Cameron Crowe said that Penny Lane is based on his real life friend Penny Trumbull, who goes by the name Penny Lane but Penny P E N N I E she lives in Portland Oregon and is involved in the music industry so he just Aww. as like a
1: Well you know that is very um Christopher Isherwood writing Sally Bowles mm. and use like into yeah. story and into infamy that was like a person he knew you know
0: Totally now we have a lot of people to get to right. because Hollywood considered every single sure that female actor working at the time. Christina Applegate was considered. No, I okay. I get it. Uh, Selma Blair was considered.
1: Yeah, I I don't I know her enough. See not. Her she, in the band aids. I can uh, see yes. her in the band
0: aids. I'm not seeing her. She has the she's strong an edge energy. Uh, Jordana Brewster of no, <laughs> no
1: no no pass hard pass.
0: Laura Flynn Boyle tested really. Yeah. Don't know. Anna Friel auditioned of um, the the female lead of Pushing Daisies. She was also at this point in time was coming off of that uh, Kevin Kline Midsummer Night's Dream as Hermia Mm -hmm. with Christian Bale speaking of. Um, She's got that curls. Yeah. She's got
1: the curls for it. Well, that's something. It's something. Maggie Gyllenhaal auditioned. Now, of course, I've been thinking of her because she and Zoe Deschanel to me are just very similar.
0: Yeah. Um So she was
1: like in my brain a I, little bit. I know
0: hers, Anita. I like that a lot. Yeah. Well, I can see the Penny Lane. I can see it's a different energy. I can energy. see it. Yeah. And what I'll say as we go through these is because uh, Hudson was kind of a late addition as Penny Lane. This is one of the last roles to be cast for reasons that would be made clear crow said that with hudson it wasn't the mystical kind of penny lane i had been working on here was somebody that just walks in the room and you're like i love her she was that character so kate does her reading for penny lane with patrick She's so loving and caring of Patrick that it was a whole other side of Penny Lane that we needed more. It was that kind of wonderful, funny, bright light who Patrick, you could just see him falling in love instantly. Mm -hmm. Which I love because there's the idea of what you think a role needs. And I so see like if this role is also living kind of like the feminine mystique that Russell is the masculine mystique opposed to being like, no, no, no. She doesn't need to be mysterious. She is coy with like the details about her life, her real name, but she is so like open heart. She is like free love. That's what I get from her. A
1: light is such a great way to describe it too. It's just like very, you see it when she walks into the, that party and, uh, and she does the whole, uh, a stewardess speech and then, like, does it in French as well. Right, like right. That she's just someone who walks into a room and everyone goes, and like the gravitational force of the room shifts toward her. You want that in this character, and that warmth, that, that genuine warmth, like, is very helpful to and the movie. And you get why Russell is so caught up yes. with her. That it is
0: the like you get that you're like he's got that girlfriend in New York like you should not be carrying on with Penny Lane in general but also not to the extent that you have been.
1: And you also get that she I don't know something about like her her warmth it's like it does make her appear also less disposable so when he then does dispose of her it's just like how to her?
0: Yeah, that scene. That scene is so when he tells her that they traded you for $50 in a case of beer. And she like runs through such a series of emotions in such a like quick little mm-hmm. series until like she's like, like has like just like a slight like little tear coming down as she smiles through it. And it's just like, what, what kind, kind of, of beer? beer? Right. It's so like, no, I'm turning this around. Like I'm choosing to like.
1: I tell the girls don't take it seriously. If you no. never take it seriously, you never, you get, never hurt. get hurt.
0: Catherine Heigl's tested. Uh, no and i no jenna elfman auditioned we are what we're in seasons three and four of dharma and greg in 2000 and keeping the faith i wow which i'm like maybe you're less concerned so maybe there's like the one scene about like i'm 18 me too let's how old are we we really? really 17 me too i'm 16 I am too. Doesn't the truth sound different when you say it? I'm 15. So I don't know how old Penny Lane is actually. Is she actually 16? No,
1: no. She's clearly supposed to be like 1920 and she's just trying to get his age.
0: That's what I would buy. But we don't get a firm number. But I would guess, yeah, 1920 1920 sounds right. So, like, you could have someone who's a little older. I don't know. Jenna Elfman is apparently currently on Fear the Walking Dead for the past 65 episodes. <laughs> I know. I was like, what ever happened to Jenna Elfman? 65 episodes of this show I've never seen a lick of. A spinoff of Walking Dead. Neva Campbell was considered.
1: I. She did occur to me, but I don't love it.
0: No, it's not. It's just got this infectious energy to her that's so specific that i've never considered kate hudson i've never recommended her for anything else on this show that we've been doing for over a hundred (laughs) episodes now but now it's impossible to think of anyone else other than kate hudson in this tony collette turned it down oh wow i know tony collette's like almost 30 at this point what no really? she's in her late 20s when she uh, six cents is 99
1: but she's like 26 or something like that something infuriatingly young
0: okay so she's like let's say 27 here so i guess she is still young but it still feels weird in a post velvet gold mine post six cents it feels weird to be the year after six cents to then be like isn't that the mom from six cents and now yeah. she's playing penny lane i
1: think there is a certain amount too of like the business of doing business in hollywood True. which is like people are always just doing favors for one another right like so it's like okay well you have to see my client for this or you know, it's like well, I had to see so and so. I had to test so and so, even though I knew I didn't want. Um, she was born in nineteen seventy two. Okay,
0: so yeah, so she would have been like twenty seven. Yeah, if she were to have
1: come. But it's like, well, you have you to know. see my client for this because everyone has to stay in each other's good graces, and it's yeah. just like a stupid which kind de- of
0: like. Which doesn't mean that Tony Collette was twenty six when she was doing Sixth Sense, which is wild to me. Yeah,
1: yeah, it doesn't it make you <laughs> want to weep.
0: <laughs> uh, instead, in two thousand, Tony Collette had these. This film, Hotel Splendid, where she runs a dilapidated health spa with her brother, Daniel Craig. I was like, a Daniel Craig sighting pre-2004 is always <laughs> rare. And this film, this is a film, talk about a cast, a stacked cast. Tony Collette, Sam Neill, Hugo Weaving, and Jeffrey Rush. You might be thinking, well, what film could this be? This sounds pretty, must be some kind of Oscar-y not if, not if
1: you're about to drop it on us like this.
0: Here's the, uh, the little blurb for oh, this no. this film, and then I'll give you the title. A, <laughs> an old man, a young anthropomorphic koala, a South Pole penguin, and Albert, a magic sentient walking and talking bowl of pudding with an attitude, voiced by John Cleese, are searching for koala's missing parents. However, sinister forces want the pudding in the animated classic, The Magic Pudding. <laughs> A bowl of pudding. <laughs> He's walking and talking bowl of pudding with
1: an attitude. Listener, Jeff was reading this <laughs> and he... <laughs> when it gets to the part we go, want that pudding? He like wagged his index finger a little bit. They want will, that pudding? <laughs> and they'll do anything to get it. Those sinister forces. Wow. To eat it, I assume
0: I have no idea. I can't imagine the magic pudding is watchable. Based off the reviews, it looks like it is garbage. But they managed to rope in.
1: Look, a, heck of a, a VO job, the sure. dream.
0: You're in. You're out. You're done. I get it. I get it. Jennifer Connolly was considered. Oh, very. Different, yeah. Vibe. She's
1: about to do a Beautiful Mind.
0: Yeah, I mean this this year because she's also in Pollock, much less in March Day Harden. Hardin. Uh, she's in Pollock, Requiem for a Dream, and uh, the movie Waking the Dead with Billy Crudup. So she's working oh. with Billy Crudup this year. And yeah, Beautiful Mind is the next. Is two thousand. It's kind of hard
1: for me to. I mean, and I haven't seen a Beautiful Mind in probably since I saw it in theaters. Mm. But like, it's hard for me to imagine her doing this that same time you know sure. what i mean but she's also an excellent actress so what am i to say it's very true penelope
0: cruz was considered
1: she did really... come to mind for yeah. me yeah
0: and she you know, us, you know having watched this i was feeling the Cameron Crowe crow vibe so i re-watched vanilla sky the other day which is a movie that i saw multiple times because it was in that stretch of matrix fight club memento of like cool films with wild twists
1: and i was telling jeff because i've never seen it and he's like oh you've never seen it i was like no i did buy a ticket to it once in the theaters but that was because i think uh, lord of the rings was sold out and we wanted to see it again <laughs> so we we bought a ticket to vanilla sky and snuck in or maybe it was Maybe it so was some poor jag now doesn't have a seat I, at Lord of the Rings. Actually, that's and has why to go saying, see Vanilla Sky instead. That's what instead. I'm saying. I don't think maybe maybe it was that we wanted to see some R-rated movie oh. and we couldn't get Vanilla Sky is R-rated. So that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Point is, I bought a ticket it to Vanilla Sky and then and went, went to another theater. I get,
0: I get it. Penelope Cruz is Penny Lane. I like, I like the vibe. It's a very different performance. But she
1: also has a warmth to her that I think would be useful. And that playfulness, that kind of
0: coyness of like, what is, what's this person's deal? Exactly. That's playing a bit in Vanilla Sky. I mean, in Vanilla Sky at one point, she says, I'll tell you in another life when we are both cats. And that's something I could hear coming out of the mouth of Penny Lane.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you in another life when we are both cats.
0: Claire Danes was considered.
1: Um, yeah, she's like. I thought of her after watching the Igby Goes Down trailer. I was like, okay, everyone, mm. everyone is in this movie.
0: Oh, sure. And um, Jeff I was Gollum, like, Amanda
1: Peete. Yeah, I was like, I was kind of thinking of her, but I actually I have her elsewhere on my list because I thought of her for this. Nice. And I was like, I don't quite want her for this. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, Mila Yovovich was considered.
1: I can see it,
0: and I get it yeah i mean i I'm,
1: i don't think it's the best choice right. but i do i like it a lot better than some of these
0: sure Brittany murphy was considered
1: oh well she's she's a little more giving me like what farouge is doing but i'm
0: also seeing her as one of the other band-aids yeah, yeah. I'm, i think as a sapphire yeah her she's the one that's really chewing out russell at the end yeah. of like we all know what you did to him yeah like penny knows what you did to him tandy by newton must consider
1: okay she is on my longer list of people and I was like I don't know does this even make sense but she's literally here on my Betty Lane yeah. list so okay I take it back
0: she's doing Mission Impossible 2 in this I year I think
1: it was that I was like she would it would have had to have probably been a couple of years earlier I think you know
0: yeah that's my f-
1: Kate Hudson it's like perfectly the right yeah.
0: look the right age that it is hard to get a read on like how old are you especially
1: because as you're saying with how old the protagonist is how old this character is in relation to him is also yeah important and thinking about her in like interview with a vampire like where she's just a bit younger and you just can't quite tell yeah like how young are you you know it's like 2000 i'm like i think it
0: it would be like oh of course you're with billy Crudup. And yes. all of the Patrick Fugit and her would read, not awkward, but would just read like, this is a just your more, little crush on her, but there's no, nothing coming from the other side. It's much more older
1: sister yeah. rather than like, okay, this is never going to happen, but you can see how he, like, they really have like a a real friendship, you, you know? know? Definitely. Gwyneth Paltrow was considered. Isn't this post in Love? It's post Shakespeare, Shakespeare in, love? in Love.
0: I'm like, you don't need it. You don't need it, Gwyn. Get well, out of here.
1: She went off and did other things.
0: She did who from the top- <laughs> her flight attendant comedy that nobody saw. Alicia Silverstone lobbied for the role.
1: I understand it. Yeah. I haven't gotten to see enough of her range to Uh, see. I
0: did see what she did wind up doing in 2000, Uh, which was
1: Kenneth Branagh's
0: Love's Labor's Lost adaptation, which is one third random songs from like the 1940s, one third Shakespeare and one third... Look, I'll be honest. It's not my favorite play. It's not my favorite movie. Bless
1: Branna for trying, but try something else.
0: You gotta try something else.
1: Tori Spelling was considered. I think that's a no.
0: This was the year of the tenth, tenth and final season of Beverly Hills, nine hundred two one zero. Was it ten seasons of the 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 end? High school finally at the end, or I wonder if they saw them through college. You're
1: talking to the wrong person. (laughs) I have not. (laughs) I couldn't tell you. A single thing about
0: well, that. Well, can you tell me something about this? What do you think about Christina Ricci as Penny Lane?
1: I am interested, but I think having heard what you said about like Cameron Crowe having been going for a different energy first, that seems to make more sense. As like, I believe her in like a more come with me a little witchier kind of thing. But I also see, it's so interesting, isn't it? Cause I see why they saw some, I understand why they saw so many people. If they were going for people like a Christina Ricci that had a particular kind of energy and they were like, it's just not quite right. And then someone who is very different energetically to what they thought they wanted walks in the room. And they're like, oh, it has to be this. So I like her if they're doing something slightly different with it. But to me, it's not quite, just there's a lot of
0: actors here with interesting takes that i could i could see an interesting take on the character i don't it's not a lot that can do the specific thing that kate hudson is doing which ultimately works really well for this specific version of the film yeah i could see the version where if you had brad pitt you want someone different as penny lane Mm -hmm. you're having a You just need a different, things need to connect differently.
1: I have not seen the Broadway show, at least at the time of this recording, but Salea Pfeiffer, who's playing it on Broadway, I've I've seen her in concert, so I haven't really seen her in anything, but she exudes just like warmth and love and community and has the most insane voice you've ever heard. That's, well, that's clearly like what makes sense based on what they've built now, you know?
0: Yeah. Liv
1: Tyler was considered. I understand the impulse, and I just don't think it's quite has enough oomph
0: No, Though it would be hilarious if her and Elijah Wood were able yes! to do this and then to go <laughs> just her, her cradling him while he's dies. he's getting so sick and dying and her calling off those ringways uh, ding,
1: ding, ding, ding you. Rachel Weiss was considered really yeah, and i I get it. I mean thinking of her in like the the kind of um like sour version of this character is what she did in the shape of things, yeah, you know,
0: yeah, which is like the year after this, yeah, yeah. Uh Michelle Williams tested
1: oh, I understand that i did i yeah i i I'm okay with it, but I don't think it's quite
0: it's not Kate Hudson is just leads from the heart Michelle Williams to me usually leads from the mind yeah, she's a little, leads from that brain
1: i don't mean she she's just like a little i don't mean colder but more coldly analytical in the approach I think yeah Katherine Zeta Jones was considered this no, no. yeah, post
0: mask of zorro i'm
1: like maybe maybe if this was 95 well, and like chicago's gonna be in two years chicago's in two years
0: yeah this is the same year as both high fidelity and traffic 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 i'm like Gnar. no no when on a rider was considered and i'm also like this is a
1: 2000 when on a rider yeah they're clearly like yeah going for that i think having kate hudson be so much younger really benefits the film as well yeah. and so i think they they clearly like were it's just throwing spaghetti at the wall and I seeing what stuck.
0: 100 agree. Cameron Diaz was considered. Speaking of vanilla sky,
1: um, I, I
0: I can see it. I get it. I I'm don't. Seeing it.
1: I don't like want it ultimately, but it, right. I think it is. Um, she does have just that sparkle to her that I think Kate Hudson has. That would. Yeah. She has that thing where you like. Well, number one, she's also just one of the most beautiful people on the planet. So like, people would turn and she'd walk in a room and you'd be like, "Of course, <laughs> I'm looking at you."
0: <laughs> totally. Uh, and now we're getting into. Kind of like the main contenders. These are the people who were very close to getting it. Uh, Kirsten Dunst.
1: Now she came up for me because like age wise, she's in the right range, but she's just always to me, red perkier than I want from like a seventies rock goddess kind of person.
0: I hear you. I'm, I'm seeing it though. It's its own thing. It's its own take, yeah. but I, I am seeing it instead. She had bring she, it on. In and she certainly which, has
1: the charisma, but like, yeah, yeah. I think I wasn't even thinking of bring it on, but like there, she is using that kind of like really upbeat yeah. kind of energy that she has To perfect effect, a literal cheerleader, you know, (laughs) Chloe Sevigny
0: was a top contender. Oh,
1: interesting. I I like that very much. And I also think that that is tapping more into this kind of like witchy feminine mystique kind of energy that they're talking about.
0: Yeah. Julie Bowen of Modern Family and Happy Gilmore apparently turned it down from what I saw.
1: I don't know who that is.
0: Which is why I phrase that in someone that you don't know <laughs> but is turning down will. this role. Like you didn't see. And I mean, maybe I had to turn it down. I didn't see that she was doing something specific this year of why she had turned it down. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe
1: she was filming a pilot that didn't go. Could know? be. Could be. I also saw Uma Thurman turn it down. Interesting. I like it. I don't. I, I like it, though. I like it as well. It
0: is the like we're six years after Pulp Fiction. Where she also is like you know, in a man gets swept up in all yeah. of her being. She's
1: definitely someone who has a gravitational pull of her own.
0: Absolutely, which works well for the character. Um, but it's also like what we—that's why Kate Hudson's so good in this—is because like what we bring to the film and to her is nothing. Well, outside uh, of her mother. Her mother,
1: exactly. We're bringing Goldie Hawn who, to it, but she. Everyone. Has great affection for Goldie hahn so like sure. if anything, it's like, oh, that's Goldie hahn's daughter. Like it yeah. that that brings already brings a kind of like, oh, okay.
0: But we're not bringing. Oh, we've seen you in no. Pulp fiction We've seen you in *Batman and Robin* no. three years earlier as Poison Ivy. Like we're not bringing those attachments no, 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 no. to this. So similar to Billy Crudup, I like that we have Kate Hudson because you don't have many attachments yeah. to Again, a lot of our. The cast. story can be the star. One hundred percent. So Natalie Portman auditioned. And I saw that she read with Brad Pitt and some places I saw that that was potentially one of the reasons why Brad Pitt dropped out is because he was uncomfortable with the age difference because Pitt is a few years older than Crudup and Portman is a few years younger than Hudson. So she would have been and only like one or two. So she would have been like 18, whereas Hudson was like probably 1920. 19, 20. Which isn't a huge difference, but keeping in mind that Natalie Portman has always looked like a teeny tiny yeah. baby child. Uh, and
1: like if you're familiar with her work, it's, it's as a kid.
0: Natalie Portman and Brad Pitt together yeah. is not giving me the... Almost equals that Billy Crudup no, and Kate no, no, Hudson no. gave me. Absolutely, and then
1: it's very like you have this child worshiping this man in a way that's very uncomfortable. <laughs> You're
0: gonna say, and then you have this child worshiping this other child because <laughs> <laughs> Natalie Portman and Patrick Fugit together. I'm like, yes, she would look older, but I just can't see it. Yeah, I no. can't see it. Uh, and finally, this this role was meant to be played by uh, Sarah Polly, who some may know from. Uh, the dawn of the dead remake uh amy joe you probably know our best from season three of slings and arrows as the cordelia oh um she she did like a lot of like indie stuff um she's in uh uh, the sweet hereafter uh she directs primarily now she directed away from her with julie christie and she has this new movie coming out this supposed looks really great called women talking with Frances McDormand, Rooney Mara, Jesse Buckley, wow. um, about the women of this isolated religious community who are like having to meet in secret to kind of like, we are being abused and we need to like, we're not supposed to be having these conversations, but we need to figure out like what to do about this. Um, yeah, a lot of early Oscar buzz for this film. So Great. that's what Sarah Polly doing now. But at the time, primarily an actor, she dropped out of this film to work on her own project, this low budget Canadian movie, the law of enclosures. She's Canadian um, yeah, well,
1: slings and arrows put me on the slings that. and
0: arrows. Exactly. But it's just, uh, it's just fascinating to be like, this was a movie that could have been Brad Pitt and Sarah Pauly. Wow. And that this role specifically, because it's like, it's on the cover, it got the Oscar nomination. It's a very splashy role. I think she yeah. won the golden globe as I, much as the globes are a complete. Of course she won the Golden Globe yeah. for this. Yeah. Will your mom be in attendance too? <laughs> we'll give you a Golden Globe if you bring Goldie Hawn. Oh, wow. Gold for gold? Um, I assume that's how they all talk at the Golden Globes, those Troglodytes. <laughs> so I've got more info, but I think it makes sense to move on and circle back. So let's chat about Big Sister Anita. Oh, So Amy your thoughts on Zoe Deschanel, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else?
1: I think she's great. Yeah. I mean- Put those huge eyes to the best possible use, and like put her in that late sixties, early seventies getup, and she's so great, so sweet. Sets up this relationship and this family so well. Really like sets our story in motion, and um, yeah, I think she's delightful. And there are yeah, a lot of people. They're like the same age. She and Ke- so they're yeah. I was looking at people. I was like, well, do we want this or that? So like Claire Danes, I have more here I dig that I see that more even though not, she would, once you
0: said Maggie Gyllenhaal though that I'm like yep, yes that's exactly Exa- what I want yes
1: I mean she's up here that's it's like hard to unsee that yeah. you know this is someone who I mean not for the time it would be several years later like I could absolutely see in either role but I think I want more for this is Amanda Seyfried Oh yeah. I mean but she also would be like a lovely Penny Lane I feel like you know just yeah. thinking just thinking of her I mean in so so many things but like thinking of her and Veronica Mars is just this like
0: yeah yeah
1: free-spirited party girl kind of thing feels like that would um, be that and then this is an actor I've never recommended and I've seen in barely anything but they're very famous and for some <laughs> reason I was like I could see her in this part at some point in her life it's Jennifer Lawrence yeah i course. just see her
0: being like i mean look i i get i could see the j law version of penny Lane. oh i don't want it i
1: don't want oh, it i don't need it i don't like it don't want and it. i don't I, you know I, i've seen enough interviews <laughs> okay. with jennifer lawrence that i'm like queen like you got so famous so early you need to well it take seems that's up. where
0: she's at now it seems that like she has been take, taking a bit of a step back in terms of like i mean what's the last big j law movie you Have seen posters for.
1: you often laugh at me for me not knowing the title Morbius and I (laughs) Morbius? On I believe it was the Titanic episode. Sure it was. So sometimes I'd like to fuck a
0: deadpool. (laughs) I'd
1: like to remind you of I know things if there's lots of posters for them in the subway.
0: But have you been seeing posters of Jennifer Lawrence at all lately? She's got some like Apple TV movie coming out, but I think that she has been like Oh, like, maybe I've been making too many movies in a the vacuum. Deal.
1: I don't, I don't think we should shame women for being successful. No. Um, but I do think also there's a certain amount of some of the entitlement that she was yeah. beginning to bring into the world that I was like, I'm not, I'm
0: not. It, down with very that. different kinds of shamings, but I'm only shaming her the same way that I shame Chris Pratt. And that I'm like, you should not be yes. everywhere. You made the mistake where you took all the, you, you were offered eight things and you decided to do eight things and you should have done maybe two things. And well, instead you're everywhere. Yeah. We, now we are oversaturated by it. And you. like,
1: what is it that, I mean, and I get it also, it's like, you gotta like, it's that balance between like, I mean, it's kind of a lot of what the movie is about, right? It's like you want to strike while the iron is hot. You want to take opportunities available to you. But at the same time, it's like, what, what are you trying to say artistically? And you can't possibly be saying it all every time you're doing all of these things. So yeah, but just, but her as Anita, her as Anita, I get it. It works for me. So there
0: we go. Yeah. Yeah. The two, two actors who I haven't, I don't think I've ever recommended for anything on the pod. Um, or if I have not much and not in a while is give me Kristen Ritter. Oh yeah. Or, I mean, give me, uh, speaking of Deadpool, give me Deadpool and uh, Homeland and Serenity and Fireflies, Marina Bacharin, or just giving me the energy of someone that, like, I see you growing up in the suburbs, but being like, I am not meant to be here. I'm clearly getting out of here. I'm getting out of town. Yeah.
1: What I think is so great about Zoe Deschanel is that she is, I mean, yes, she would go on to be Zoe Deschanel, but also, like, she's got such a strong energy and presence she doesn't like disappear into the wallpaper like oh, to, no. to play this part and to like yeah basically like inspire this love of music in the in the younger brother like you just you need someone dynamic and she is very dynamic so that yeah. that is i think a great pick on the part of casting yeah, it's really
0: know? wild she was 19 all she had done at this point was an episode of veronica's closet and she had one other movie uh from Lawrence kasdan of directed Body Heat and The Big Chill and wrote Raiders of the Lost Ark and Empire Strikes Back. It's uh, movie Mumford that I've never heard of. But like, that's it. And then this, um, which, though not a huge role, is like such a splashy well, it's, role it's and clearly open doors.
1: All those scenes with the family unit yeah. are so, so strong and so good. So, yeah, absolutely. Like, she stands out also because it's like she has these incredible scenes with Francis McDormand.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're just going toe to toe with Frances McDormand. I lo- oh, with I with it. like a
1: full throttle, Francis. France- too. Oh,
0: full throttle, Francis. Yep. is the way to describe it. But it almost wasn't meant to be because Kate Hudson was cast as Anita. Oh, wild! And after Sarah Pauli dropped out, Crow said, "I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen." He told Hudson, "He's like, you know, Brad Pitt is no longer doing the movie, and Sarah Polley is no longer doing the movie." Uh, I want you to know I'm still going to make the movie. And Kit Hudson told Cameron Crow, I don't care if I'm craft service. I'm not going anywhere. I'm making this movie. You tell me when. But after Sarah Polly left, Kit Hudson was like, you know, this was the role that's like when you read it, it's like Penny Lane is the role that jumps off the page. Of course. Um, So she was trying, she's like, can I get an audition for Penny Lane? And Cameron Crowe was like, I don't think so. Because he had just seen her as Anita. He was like, yeah. so like, I can't see you as anything other than the sister, and when you think of it that way, the whole the energy that she does have, I can so see translated into the big sister yeah, who loves the music absolutely. that is sharing that with you, and you see the idolization of William from a familial standpoint yes, instead. Yes. That I think would really work. But Kate Hudson met she like she said that she begged uh and her agents were persuasive enough to let him open up to the, like okay, the idea of like okay we'll we'll see you um but it it almost wasn't meant to be just the idea if sarah Pauli dropped then kate hudson would be anita and who knows what would have happened yeah. with zoe deschanel it's like so so fickle the old the films old, of hollywood as they say
1: in sweet charity the fickle finger of fate
0: But so Crow was also very impressed that throughout this period, so I guess it maybe delayed filming a bit once Brad Pitt dropped out. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. So he was impressed that Hudson turned down two other movies while dealing with almost famous pre-production. He said, plus, she's got the heart of Penny Lane because she's not the one that went for the bigger paycheck and bigger role. She was loyal. I believe she was being counseled to take that offer. He doesn't say what. But what she did was stayed with the band. Uh, and apparently Spielberg also saw her screen test and said, let's go with Kate. So uh, to whatever degree, well, I mean,
1: just even you saying that about her being like, I'm I'll be in craft services. I'm right. going to be part of this movie is very yeah. the spirit of yeah. the band. Yeah,
0: I'll do whatever you need. I'll be here. I'll yeah. be involved. Yeah, I, 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 it's really putting your best foot forward. Um, And I love it. But let's move on to Lester Bangs. Amy Jo, your thoughts on Philip Seymour Hoffman. Which I checked. This is our, we're now past 100 episodes. This is our first Phil Philip Hoffman film. Our first Phil Hoffman film on the pod. No. I know. Although, would love to do Talent from Mr. Ripley at some point. Oh, yeah. There are other ones that are good, but that's a good one. I and mean, that's what I first knew Philip Seymour Hoffman from. Like, I'd seen him in Big Lebowski and maybe Boogie Nights, but I think I might have seen Talent from oh, Mr. Ripley first. You know
1: what? I did weirdly see Boogie Nights before I saw this, but I don't. Mm it didn't sear itself into my memory in the shocking same
0: way. that boogie nights did not sear itself into. Well, I think
1: I kind of let it bounce you- off. I was <laughs> like, enough. I think I got to let okay. this go. You know what I mean? I do. I do. We're like, I gently choose to release what I do not want to <laughs> absorb. You can do that when you're 17, I suppose. He's, I mean, I've already talked about it. He's so great. Um, when I was looking up, uh, stuff about Lester Banks. There's th- these like iconic shots of him in that shirt that says Detroit sucks. So it yes. just like great stuff like that where it's like, Oh yeah, of course anybody who knows anything about him is going to like, him. anyway, thought he was so good and iconic use of vocal fry. I found it very difficult to think of anyone for this. Sure. Um, the shot where they're like sitting at the, at the little diner together near the beginning of the movie, they're like sitting or at the coffee shop, whatever, like having coffee and it's, Philip Seymour Hoffman weighing, well, Lester Bangs, weighing whether or not to offer this job to this kid. And you see him like, oh, like if I give this kid this job, number one, he'd be good at it. Number two, I'll be giving him what he wants. But I also know I'm opening Pandora's box and there's no going back from this. And do I want to be the person to do this to him? Like it's a responsibility that I don't know if I want to bear. You know, like, do I want to do that to this kid? And it's just so clear on his face and in his performance. It's just so good.
0: Isn't it right before that, or they're like on the street, like having a kind of a walk and talk. He's like, all right, like, kid, I got things to do. Like, I can't stand here no talking to you about music all day. And no, they... he
1: says, no, he says, I can't just stand here around here talking to my many fans.
0: Yes. And then they cut to them talking at the diner. It's
1: so good. <laughs> it's so good. Because also they're alone on a street corner. Oh, it's beautiful. So, these are two extremely different choices, um, and I don't love either of them. But if this is made much earlier, I'm like, Jeff Goldblum. Very dynamic, yeah. very charismatic. Why not? It would be fun. And then if this are made closer to today, I'm like, I don't know. Nick Kroll? Um, I don't. I had a yeah. hard time with this you know, one. I get it. I get it. It is a very strong
0: energy that you... is to go back to throughout the film that you, you need a specific presence in this role at the time. doesn't really look like Lester bangs. Um, but I could see a Robert Downey jr.
1: Well, what all he I really want. needs is like that big mustache and that's, that's like true. three quarters of the way home. Well,
0: I don't know if R D J Jake can, can, can carry the mustache off. The way that Philip Seymour Hoffman could. Uh, and if this is made later, he has a very teeny role as one of the people that work with Rolling Stone. But later I could see a Rain Wilson in this. Yeah. I think it would be very good. I see He's him as very like- very funny The guy as that this is simultaneously both like a bit ridiculous, but you see why the kid is looking up yeah. to him. Philip Seymour Hoffman's schedule only permitted him to be on set for four days. Wow. He had the flu the <gasps> entire time. This whole performance, this man is working with the flu. That's a lot of scenes. Yeah. It's not the biggest role, but when you look like he is still in it's, so It's much. also
1: like it's all dialogue, right? It's not like you can just sit there and look wistfully out a window and be like, "Oh."
0: There's no window wistfulness here. No, There's he's, all-
1: he's like rummaging around his apartment. And- he's like, you know, eating takeout. He's he's throwing records across <laughs> the, the record shop.
0: Yeah, but I think it's such a good performance. It really is. I mean, it, it's all this whole movie is t to b with great, great performances. And we even, in the roundup, like so many, just the Band-Aids. That's why we were talking about them earlier with Ferusha and Anna Paquin. It's such a great ensemble feel. Yeah. And because it's such an ensemble feel, it really highlights roles like this that really only interact with Patrick Fugit. Right. And then has like the one other the radio DJ that he has like a few lines with. But it's yeah. mainly just him and our protagonist. So it is highlighted in a really special way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it is one of... I think one of his best performances, I really do think he's so, so, so good. good in this. But that sound means oh, it's time to play uh, a quick round of Two Truths and Some Guy. The way it works, two of the following actors were up for the role of Lester and one was not. Amy chose to guess which is which. Your options are John Favreau, Sam Rockwell, and Jack Black.
1: So wild, because I never think about John Favreau, but Sam Rockwell and Jack Black both like came to mind Not even necessarily with this role, but just as I was like, I was like, oh, if this role was available, I think like I would think of Sam Rockwell for this. And then Jack Black, you know, I always think of for musicians. Um, Jack Black is really fun casting, but he like High Fidelity would have been just a couple years before, right? Like, this is the same year as High Fidelity. Okay. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Uh, Okay. John Favreau. Again, he's fine. Let me be clear. As I've said in, I think, our last episode, I think he's fine. Still
0: hot off swingers. A lot of good uh, buzz. uh,
1: Interesting buzz. buzz,
0: A lot of um, goodwill, I was going to say. Goodwill from swingers.
1: I'm going to go Sam Rockwell.
0: Ding, ding, ding. That Ooh, is correct. As far as I it. could tell, Sam Rockwell wasn't considered, but I could sure great. see it. I think yeah. he'd be great. Um, But Jack Black and John Favreau both auditioned. As I said, Jack Black had high fidelity, which was the, the I mean, breakout for launched. him. Launched absolutely undeniable
1: on that movie but
0: i get it it's similar to like how he operates in school of rock it is that like the excitement and the love of the music i love
1: it so much it makes me angry
0: yeah (laughs) absolutely uh and john favreau auditioned instead in 2000 he was in the movie the replacements as i've said before a movie i've watched conservatively one billion times (laughs) because it was always on hbo and he was playing himself on an episode of the sopranos so that's what he had going for on for him i think he did fine Agreed. But let's move on to Dennis Hope. Can we show your thoughts on Jimmy Fallon and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else?
1: I mean, as we've said, it's fairly inoffensive for being Jimmy Fallon.
0: Although I was pretty shocked that he clearly can see into the future as he has this whole little spiel about how I believe in bands holding onto their roots. This whole thing about bands have to hold onto their roots. And he has had a death grip on the band The Roots (laughs) in real life now for so many years. And look, I get people telling me that that's what The Roots are want. I'm they sure they're like, this stay, is a chill living gig. Living at home. It's a chill gig. I need to see them getting in their own cars and going to their own <laughs> homes and making sure they're not being held captive by this
1: madman Listener, Jimmy Fallon. I just told uh, Jeff a story this morning that I heard from someone in my dressing room about. I'm going to start flipping cables. I'm, I'm not going to tell retail, but basically about him behaving like really poorly at, at a comedy bar. Unsurprising oh. that apparently like a lot of people in New York have stories from, you know, Fallon. Previous or about him just like flipping out. Um, Oh, flipping Fallon. Who needs it? So, I mean, like, I think like what this role requires is someone to come in with a very different energy and and come in and and be like a seductive voice. We're not supposed to like him. We're supposed to find him the performance funny but the character right We're not supposed the great really trust it's it. that great line which
0: i wouldn't be surprised if it was a trailer line of you know do you think, you think that- mick
1: jagger's gonna yeah. be around here trying to be a rock star at age 50 then you are sadly sadly mistaken <laughs> um, a lot of people
0: are sadly mistaken yeah.
1: yeah so okay if we're doing this like today-ish yeah and you want to go the route of like w- let's bring in like a comedian who's maybe a comedian more than an actor but who is mm-hmm. like okay an actor i would say it has to be john mulaney or trevor noah like either yeah. of those guys is gonna come in with a very strong unique singular yeah. kind of energy come in change the dynamic that's great if you're you, going you
0: mentioned a nick roll for lester bangs i could also see a nick roll here
1: that's true too although like i'm dying to see john mulaney in this wig quite yes, oh <laughs> sure sure Doing a Trevor 75 70s five Trevor Noah, actually. Like, now I, I really would love with a lot And then I was like, I don't know if it's like being made a few years ago and it's it, you're not going a comedian route. I was like, Max Greenfield be very fun. Like, come in yeah. again, just like strong energy. Come in, take up space. You need someone who can come in and like fill the room with a different vibe. And um, you believe, like, is, is kind of a dick. And uh-huh. I, I believe that for any any of these. Not, uh, not the humans. Right. The, uh, right. the right. portraits. Right.
0: The, the, the actors. Um, give me Adam Scott. That's what I oh, want. Oh, sure.
1: Yes, He's, yes. Same thing. I've seen thing. him
0: play a very similar role around this time. Um, because I don't know how big the age difference is between him and Jimmy Fallon. But I have a feeling it's not that big. Um, so that I would like. Or if you want something very different energetically give me a young john ham who's coming in and sure. you're really buying like yes the you know the the, the label sent you yeah you do not belong you don't vibe with us no uh the only other actor i saw who auditioned was will forte
1: will forte i uh, know this is 2 years so clearly they were looking at comedians
0: yes 2 years before he joined snl so it wasn't through that but oh. so i don't know i'm sure he was doing I would not be surprised He'd if he was in improv or something like that. I don't this. really know. Will Forte pre-SNL. Uh, but I so see that. Yeah. Um, well, let's move on finally to <gasps> Elaine. Amy Joe. your thoughts on, was it full throttle, full throttle Francis? Full Throttle Francis. Full Throttle Francis McDormand. And who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I've
1: just written in all caps. No notes. Um, <laughs> She's so good. And I will say also, as I've gotten older watching this movie like like watching this movie as an older person like she's still absolutely infuriating but i have so much more compassion for her than at the time you're like oh get off his back yeah sure he needs to take a test when she like throws the phone in the kitchen you know and she's like just she's so good she's so human even in all this rigidity which would be so easy to lampoon and I love how she's dressed in such warm colors.
0: Like, it'd be easy to make her feel, like, a, severe. So, so severe, so stern. And, like, she's not that. Like, you see where it comes from. You see the, like, this is... There's no father in the picture. It's just her and her two kids. Yeah. You see the, the father desperation. Died. Father yeah. died. It's the desperation to keep this family together and that is pushing them yeah, outside. And like
1: that, all the like her, them like getting rid of dairy and this and that. Like it's all out of like deep passion, right? Passion for right. what is right, passion for making the correct moral choice. Passion for instilling these values in her children. And just like it being too rigid. And and like it also makes me wonder, like would the father have been like the slightly more permissive parent, which like allows someone to be that rigid, but not like actually accidentally break up the family unit by doing that. Right. I don't know. I think it's a gorgeously calibrated performance. No one else should play this part, but my thought was Alice and Janney. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I also, I mean, had Alice and there's
1: not a lot of options right. if you ask me, which you did. So I told you, because it,
0: look, it depends on what you want. Cause it's uh, yeah, easy now to look at the film and be like, yeah, look at all these stars in this movie. But at the time, as we've said, like Billy Crudup, not a ton- It's easy to be like, I don't know who this is. Yeah, very easy to have not seen anything he had done. Kate Hudson, practically outside of yes, she's got a famous parent, b- famous parent, but. Not so do lots of people. Yeah, so a lot of people. I've that taken an acting class with one of Spielberg's of kids an and audience. he hasn't like
1: taken off, you know. Yeah, it doesn't
0: mean anything from an audience standpoint. So Francis McDormand is one of the biggest names in the movie at this time. Sure. And it makes sense then she
1: won an Oscar for Fargo. She won
0: it for Fargo, yeah. yes. Uh now the the woman's got three. Three Oscars. Um, but at the time, so I get if you need like a name in this role, because you don't have Brad Pitt and you don't have whomever, Jamie Lee Curtis or Kathy Bates. I think it would be really good yeah. in, in this. Yeah. And if you're okay with like, we don't need a name here, then th- now Allison Janey is more of a name, but not in 2000. So yes, Right, because Allison American Janney Beauty would
1: have been. Would have been, um, I think, 99, but still I she's I mean, so not... she didn't like break in that, but like, yes. I think that's where I first became aware of her. I was like, oh, who's this actor? Totally.
0: I mean, you know, Annette Bening, Elaine. I could say. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um, But Allison Janney, if you don't care about, she doesn't need to be a name, Allison Janey, or give me that acclaimed character actress Margot martindale <laughs> but Margot martindale being the per like if Margot martindale was chewing me out on the phone and telling me to take care of her son and there's time for me to turn it around i might you're, piss you're flushing past.
1: the acid down the toilet I, right
0: she's <laughs> like she could be in the building the call is coming from inside the venue we got to get rid of these drugs so when cameron crowe's mother Appeared on the set for a cameo, and I don't, I didn't see what her cameo was. Mm-hmm.
1: We could, we could
0: watch the commentary at some point. That's I'm true. sure that's where that's it is. True. Cameron Crowe made every effort to keep her away from Frances McDormand, who is, of course, playing a character based on yeah. his mother, as he did not want McDormand's interpretation of the part to be colored or swayed by his sure. actual mom. So he left the set for a few minutes on the very first day of shooting. And when he returned, he saw that Francis McDormand oh, no. and his mother were having lunch together.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> uh...
0: So one other actor who was up for it, Meryl Streep. I mean, I mean, of course.
1: But honestly, I like Francis better for it. I agree. I, like, I love
0: Meryl. And now Meryl is more occasionally popping up in like a supporting role in yeah. this way. But even though Francis did get nominated for it, it feels like it's still part of the ensemble fabric of the film. Meryl in this role feels once again like Brad Pitt is Russell. The film is now weighted There's something
1: about in a specific way. Like the '90s being like one of the last eras, for which obviously this is like filmed in the '90s, you know, like. But it's like the '90s being like the last era of the great movie celebrity capital, all caps. You know what I mean? Like, it does feel like she's got celebrity in a way that Frances McDormand never has. I agree.
0: I agree with that. Yeah, but regardless, full throttle, Frances. Perfect. Full throttle, Frances. Perfect. perfect.
1: I'm not just picturing Football. her when she came to the Met Gala, like with that like dandelion. Headpiece on and
0: Francis or Streep?
1: Francis. Francis. <laughs> always full throttle Francis. But now that's like what I'm thinking. I'm thinking full throttle Francis with that like glorious headpiece. And I'm like, yeah, she always does it upright.
0: <laughs> full throttle Francis, always doing it upright. <laughs> so those are the characters I found other casting options for. But there are a few characters we didn't mention. I want to briefly touch on them. But first, before we talk about any of them, Michael Shannon auditioned for an unknown part, which he said was the worst audition oh. of his life. Nowhere could I find what role.
1: We gotta go talk to Mikey. We gotta talk to Mike. Hey. That's the first
0: thing I'm gonna ask him. Hey, you said this was the worst audition of your life. Want to think about that again? Just tell and me which tell part me it was which for, part?
1: so I can talk about it on my right. podcast. Like, I think
0: like it could be Dennis
1: just just size
0: of role like yeah he he has like three lines in groundhog's day like he's in he could have been
1: the like you know the bassist that's what i'm thinking i'm thinking maybe the bassist because he's
0: still like it's not he's not auditioning for russell i don't think he's auditioning for jeff for jason lee's role no i
1: I mean could have but to me it seems like he's more
0: like going to be the bassist or like i'm i think the bassist maybe dennis Maybe maybe
1: lester who um yeah, maybe. Or maybe that like uh possibly, possibly Penny Lane. They saw everyone
0: else for it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Michel
0: Chanon. All um, right. The the plane is about to take off. Keep your arms and legs in, gents uh... and ladies, and light up those spliffs. I don't know. I don't know, but apparently it was the worst edition of his life. So if we ever have him on the show, we're gonna have to ask Mike Shannon, number oh, one with a bullet. Buddy. What was the role? That you had the worst audition in for.
1: Because in I things. read somewhere was almost famous, so if you say anything else, you're a liar. Yeah.
0: Although he could have had something, a worse audition since.
1: That's, that's true. That's true.
0: Now, I mean, there's, there's so many like teeny tiny yeah. parts in this. There's like teeny tiny young... Uh, Jay Bear is like one of the other kids, like kind of uh Oh the Williams one who's obsessed temporary. with Zeppelin. The one obsessed with Zeppelin. Yeah. This is uh Mark Marin has like this oh, one Yeah, he's scene. the
1: angry promoter.
0: Angry promoter. Uh Eric Stone Street of Modern Family ha- is this very his film debut as uh I think he's like the hotel clerk that's like you have a message <gasps> from Sheldon! your mother.
1: Oh that's, yes, who, Sheldon, that that's who that Ironically is. Ironically named Sheldon. <laughs> Just a sitcom situation.
0: Uh, we have the the band's first manager and still still their manager throughout Noah Taylor who apparently stayed in character during breaks and filming. Oh so I'd like to imagine he stayed in character by just like making sure things were good for everyone else. That's the least annoying way for someone to stay in character. Absolutely. I'm the manager, so I'm going to make sure everyone's got their food, everyone's got their drinks, no one it, everything good? is
1: band happy.
0: Band happy. We've got shirts. He just made shirts. That's what it was. He just made shirts that had Billy Crub's <laughs> face in front of everyone else's face. Okay, on Okay.
1: Your line read of that just made me think like Simon Pegg would have been very fun in this part. Oh, he'd have been great in this
0: yeah. role. I like that. I also, I did think about him as like, he could be a funny Dennis when I was thinking of Dennis. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. We've got our band-aids. Anna Paquin as Palexia Aphrodisia. Bishu Phillips as Estella Star and Farooja Balk as Sapphire. These names are perfection. They're so good. I don't know. Re- Bishu Phillips, I don't realize Because I was like, who's this person? Like, look her up. I was like, I don't know if know I've seen her anything name. else. But it's like what, controversy on her Wikipedia page. What's the controversy? Oh, the controversy for defending her husband, Danny Masterson. Scientology's oh. and that seventy show's multiply accused rapist oh danny master
1: i have some wikipedia mm-hmm. to do later at work yeah yeah um well, she's perfectly fine in the film you know she's like penny
0: lane said no more sex with the band just blow jobs Pack <laughs> anna Paquen, like so polexia is kind of jeff's mate yes. the way that penny lane is with russell Palexia is with, with jeff. jeff and there must just be a lot more in the cutting room floor that they ultimately were like this is not, this not is fine as part the... of the texture of the yeah. film, but see, we don't need scenes with Anna Paquin and Jason yeah. Lee, but you've got Anna, pa- you've got Academy Award winner, Anna Paquin. And I don't understand why she's in the film.
1: Look, you know, it's gotta be tough to win the ma- most major True. acting award at 10. True. And then what do you do from that? Like, I remember watching that Academy Awards because I'm like roughly the same age as Anna Paquin and being so excited a kid won it and not understanding why my mom was like, you know, (laughs) now I'm like, oh, yeah, that's rough, you know. Um, But maybe it's also just like taking the projects that are interesting to you and being like, well, this might actually be more fun uh, or I don't, I don't know. Maybe you know?
0: if like, especially if the script maybe was a lot longer because they then cut yeah. down, you know, at, have at least a half hour more for the right. untitled the cut. cut. So maybe there is just a lot more with her and it just feels like, like an, the ensemble film it is, but even more. The way that ensemble. like Sapphire
1: gets like a couple at of least a, moments some showy people, parts, she doesn't yeah. have any real, like, here's my little monologue about this thing.
0: Right. Like that should be Anna Paquin. In the sense that you have your the, Oscar yes, when although the, that yeah perfect
1: use of Farouja ball. Well,
0: no, is great. Fruge yeah. is perfect in this. We just yeah. listener, we just rewatched The Craft.
1: Because it had to be done.
0: Because it was, we're recording this still in October while we're still in October. October and it's Bookie's Scary Movie Month. Michael Angarano is young, young William. People know as Jack's son on Will and Grace from films like Sky High. He's great He's this. great.
1: I'm a lad. love
0: lavad. Uh and finally Jason Lee as Jeff, uh, who is so
1: good. good. He is dynamite in this. Love, love, love. So funny and yet believable, and totally like you believe this. Is a guy who steps on stage and, like, he's cool, Russell's cooler, yeah and then off stage that just eats him alive. <laughs> and also, I think <laughs> casting an actor who has this, like, really readily identifiable voice and his voice is higher pitched, there's something about that, too, that just has a little more of a, like, desperate, cloying energy, which works beautifully for this character. Yeah. Like, it's just, I love it so much.
0: It's a lot of fun. He's doing, like, such a similar performance in many ways in Vanilla Sky and that he's Tom Cruise's best friend and like he brings Penelope Cruz to Tom Cruise's birthday party who immediately Tom Cruise is like well this is my love interest now and he's just like no i keep losing girls just because you're tom cruise and i'm jason lee and he's just such bitter he's yeah. just so so wonderfully thinking of him as what we've seen him most as syndrome in uh-huh. the incredibles jason lee plays bitter so well yeah i don't think of jason lee often but he really has he's so he, like, good i never watched my name is earl and i he i guess he still pops up in things but i've not
1: been seeing it and underrated because he's really good in this very funny yeah and so lived in the bitterness is coming from a real place of like i have been trying (laughs) and no one cares and the
0: look is perfect
1: the look is uh, frankly, I got the long hair, the beard. He's like, he's,
0: he's, I love how Russell is. His shirts are all so big. So he very looks like peasant-y. very, he yeah. looks, well, he looks very like starved wolf. He's yes. very lean and sinewy and he's got these big shirts kind of billowing on him. And Jason Lee, it just looks, he, he, I don't think he was probably like this ever, but he looks beefy because his shirts are really tight around him and he's got the hair coming up from the I collar. I also
1: love the detail that's kind of easy to lose is that the band Stillwater was originally called the Jeff B. Band, right? It was named after him, and the t shirts that he wears are literally of his face with Jeff B Be- like the Jeff Beebe well, band shirt. The shirt that he's wearing says Jeff Beebe, but it's yeah. a
0: picture of Russell.
1: No, yeah. I didn't catch that. <laughs> is it really? It
0: certainly is, which is like kind of just like an in joke, and yeah. but it's also like faded and black and white, so it's hard to tell. Yeah, that. I, 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 I would not have known that if that it wasn't hard. from the research. Um, but yeah, it is just like an in-joke on their fighting about how much it's like, you, you don't even, as if he's like, you don't realize you're wearing him on your shirt. Like, do you think that's you? Cause it says your name. Yeah. Um, final thoughts, Amy Joe, on Almost Famous. Anything we haven't touched on? Any other characters who popped out at you?
1: We've covered a lot of ground here, Jeff. I think it's such a strong film. I really enjoy it. The music is impeccable. Like, I mean, obviously like there's so much great music from this era to draw from, but like, how it is used functionally as a soundtrack and like it's a beautiful example of someone who like really knows music and really knows how to use it in like the way that Edgar Wright always like every music yeah. choice is always like oh, oh wow yeah.
0: Cameron Crowe one of his strong suits and as which a makes filmmaker. sense given
1: like that this is a loosely based on his his real life but right. like a movie where you have to nail those yeah. moments you know that like you want something to be like emotional as the sister is leaving. There could have been any number of songs she could have played, but like that song has such like an immediate like we drop into it so fast. It's so recognizable. I don't know. There's I just think it was really beautifully done. Um, just what a wild shoot this must have been. So many scenes where there's just so many people and hotels and the cameras are moving and all of this like it must have been I don't know a, a, a real like when we were watching it in the airplane started to yeah. have like i was like oh this seems like an <laughs> well, abysmal that dance day set. seemed
0: bad but so much of it that's one of the strongest of the film is how lived in it feels yeah and and specifically the world of the music the world of this band everything feels so lived in like so i wouldn't be surprised if it was a lot of we're kind of improvising we're, we're like we're at a party out. yeah exactly we're hanging out like hey maybe we have this maybe like you start up you pick a fight with him over this and yeah like, we're let's just jamming that.
1: you know that's that's whether or not
0: that's what it was or whether or not they were here are the lines for today. We're saying these lines, and that's what we filmed. It feels loose. It well, feels a lot of those scenes
1: where they're on tour and everything, and they're also hanging out at the hotels. Like that's kind of more B roll, yeah. um, in a way. Like all that is just like, you know, there's a certain amount of it's probably just like let's just like film you jamming, and we'll no. you know grab on from that. But I don't know. It's it's really it's a really good watch. I'm glad we did. I'm glad we did it on the pod, Jeff. Agreed. Amy Joe. Jeff? What are you recommending this week? Shock of all shocks. I'm recommending a podcast. What? This is called Death of an Artist. At the time we were recording, all the episodes have not dropped. Um, but I think there's like four or five out now. Anyway, it's probably all bingeable now by the time you're listening to this. But it is on the surface, a true crime podcast about the murder of Anna Mendieta by well, alleged murder, um, by her husband Carl Andre. But It's really a a meditation, not even meditation, an exploration on like, how much do we separate the art from the artist? Mm. Um, Carl Andre is a famous minimalist sculptor and Ana Mendieta Mendieta, uh, was also a a visual artist and and performance artist. And man, it's just so... She allegedly fell out of the window of their brownstone, 15 stories up, even though she was petrified of heights and was not tall enough to reach the Uh windowsill. But also there were all these issues of like domestic abuse in their relationship. And yet Carl Andre, since this point in the mid eighties has gone on to continue to work. He was exonerated by a judge. Like he had a juryless trial and it's just like a really fascinating look at how the art world refused to reckon with this and refused to reckon with like the sexism and the racism, um, within the industry and, and this like wall of silence. And I don't know, it's really fascinating. And I think, you know, an important conversation to be having about like, okay, well, when is it okay to separate the art from the artist? And when is it actually like, we're continuing to enable, I mean, this man is like, had a major retrospective like a couple of years ago at a museum that people were like protesting outside of it because it's like Yeah why are we continue? you know, he never had to face any consequence. He's had like two other wives since then. Anyway, it's fascinating. It's called Death of an Artist. Love it. Jeff. Amy Joe. What you recommending?
0: I'm gonna recommend, as I said, we're recording a few weeks in advance. So I just saw in its opening weekend, uh, where it's only in like one theater. So I don't know if when if when it gets a little more of a wider release, but uh Excellent, excellent new film from Park Chan-wook called Decision to Leave, a South Korean film uh, about a detective investigating a man's death in the mountains when he meets the man's wife, who becomes his prime suspect, but finds himself drawn to her more and more during the investigation. Ooh. So it is a wonderful, like, hi- slight kind of Hitchcockian, slow burn, romantic, mystery, drama thriller-ish at times it really juggles genres really really well and park shan wook's done films he did like the old boy films He's done uh the handmaiden uh, the handmaiden right? yeah oh, so, so he's He's one of one of the masters, uh, especially, like, coming out of Korea, of South Korea. So uh, I loved this movie. I thought it was absolutely gorgeous. And I cannot recommend it enough. So hopefully it's playing somewhere near you by the time this episode drops. But if it's not, keep an eye peeled for Decision to Leave. And that's what we're recommending this week.
1: Da, da, da. Do
0: you have a movie that you'd love for us to break down the casting of? Email us at, and almost starring at gmail.com and let us know.
1: Find us on Instagram at a- And almost starring in follow our shenanigans.
0: Until next time, I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And thanks for joining us to see who almost starred.